0: All right, so what's the most annihilated you've ever been in your history as a drinksman? Pre-Mormon, post-Mormon, what is the most annihilated you have ever found yourself?
1: Okay, um, all right, one time when I was 15. Oh, (laughs) Jesus Christ, fuck. (laughs) I can't even imagine
0: what it's like drinking at age 15, much less drinking, like, for competition's sake at age 15 you gotta be resilient but unpracticed
1: we weren't competing so much as practicing for future competition you know
0: okay yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah (laughs) it was me and my friend brian and uh his his cousin marcus uh and well it didn't start out with his cousin marcus we ended up at his cousin marcus house at some point i remember that i also don't remember (laughs) uh (laughs) walking home and passing out in a ditch on the way but i sure did
0: shit
1: yeah what were you guys drinking uh old english Mm -hmm. oe so oe
0: is like the the anti uh 15 year old fluid huh that's the serum you (laughs) want to get rid of a 15 year old
1: hit him with that oe it does say on there very specifically on the label 15 year olds beware yeah not for you we were not where you didn't listen Nope, not at all.
0: Damn, dude. That is brutal.
1: How about you? Tell me about your most annihilated.
0: Man, it's easy. I can definitely think of it right away and pin it down. It was when uh, I went to a Halloween party at a band's practice space. Okay. And there was a a keg buy-in, but I wasn't really drinking a lot of beer back then. So I was like, no, I don't want to do the keg buy-in. I'll bring my own booze to the party so like we is Kate and I and a couple of friends and like we stopped at a liquor store and we got like a bottle of wine to share and then okay. one of our friends got like a you know like a, a pint of vodka a fifth of vodka or something brought like a, a quantity of vodka I will say and like a bottle of juice so like Kate and I finished off the bottle of wine and then it was like oh you know I still want to keep drinking like let's drink some of this vodka that you brought so we were kind of sharing and stuff we ran out of the juice And over there by the buy-in kegs, there's, like, some, like, coolers of, like, water and fruit punch and stuff. Uh So, it was like, oh, okay, well, let's just refill the bottle halfway with this fruit punch and then, you know, half and half it with your vodka. And we'll just keep (laughs) passing that back and forth the rest of the night. Okay. Now, what we didn't know is that Uh that fruit punch was hunch punch. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It was chock full of Everclear.
1: fortified. We fortified it punch punch, punch. yeah just, skunk piss skunk jungle piss, juice and you were like you let's take this to moscow
0: <laughs> yeah let's fucking up the octane on this shit right here honestly the vodka may have been diluting it if we're gonna be honest <laughs>
1: you, you guys did something beyond a Dahmer honestly <laughs> oh dude yes totally like, Dahmer totally would see you guys would be like that's wild slow down guys Ugh. jesus
0: christ <laughs> Jump, jump, jump on a guy! On a guy! It yeah. was bad. It was bad. That was actually still in my prodigious drinking record. The only time I have puked from being drunk, I was wow, shmammered. Oh my god! <laughs> I, so I'm bad. I'm more
1: wowing it. That's the only time you've ever puked. I know. From being drunk,
0: and <laughs> I don't know how much of that is like. I, with my, you know, uh, English, Irish, Nordic genes, am just so fucking genetically adept at drinking, um, or that is how much I hate throwing up. That There is something in me that will just hold it back. I don't know which your it is. Body,
1: your body wants nope. to, but your will will not allow it. Yeah. All but right. my body, my body says no. Yeah, no, I get it. I, uh, yeah, so... We're talking about getting annihilated drunk today on Dead and Lovely.
0: (laughs) Annihilation Edition. (laughs) With the host at the most, it's me, your less drunk buddy, Uncle Ben.
1: I'm me, uh, entirely sober right now, uh, buddy, Hollywood Steve. You poor thing, you poor thing.
0: (laughs) And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about any Haloshin from what 2017 i think 2018 it was? 2018 that's right we're gonna be uh, deep diving into this dang old movie if you want to get straight on to the movie talk there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description but you're gonna want to get them socks and shoes off of your fucking leg feet and hang out <laughs> yep. with your boys <laughs> we're gonna have ourselves get them off take them mm-hmm. off Get them off of there, man. They ain't meant to be covered in no sock and shoe. You know what I mean? Get that sock and shoe off. I've been having to wear a sock and shoe lately. It's got cold outside.
1: Oh, man. We did have a kind of chilly day here in Portland recently, but it's actually just been uh, nice and dreary like you Ooh,
0: like spooky yeah
1: good stuff just
0: like you enjoy i like it yeah perfect for the halloween season i can't believe how quickly the month of october has flown by on us I know, right here i know Ooh, man i must have been having a, a good time because it is dang old <laughs> flown by but uh yeah i've had myself a pretty good week still i've had time to watch a thing or two that i'm oh, gonna yeah? tell you guys about after i pop open a kobeer code what do you think about that
1: you should you should pop open a cold beer cold, you know what right. uh, I popped open last night. Hmm. This is uh, a, a new journey I've begun. I uh, I took some uh, crushed up fruit, and I put a bunch of sugar in it. and I put some uh, yeast in there, and it just like you know farted and burped all over the place. It turned into alcohol, and I bottled oh. it and I drank you, you it. You brewed and it? In it was tarla- really good
0: you make some dang old toilet wine
1: no 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 you sure i I didn't have enough to fill a toilet so
0: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't have enough to fill a toilet (laughs) what a sad sentence you know in so many contexts there's a lot of a lot of context that applies
1: to no actually i just uh i've been um i've been getting into Making things uh, more and more, and I've, uh, I've always been afraid of uh, dealing with yeast, so I've been forcing myself to, to bake bread, and uh, I'm, I'm learning how to ferment things, and so I made a very basic uh, home brew wine. Uh, Home fermented wine, and uh, it it was really good. Like, uh, look at you,
0: man! You gotta be able to change that name to Yeast Beast Steve over here.
1: Yeast Beast does not sound great. I don't. The host with the
0: most, the Beast with the yeast.
1: (laughs) The Beast with the yeast is better. (laughs) That's cool. Sounds kind of neat. Yeah, (laughs) the Yeast Beast sounds like a horrendous. 1950s B sci-fi horror movie that would have given me nightmares.
2: Yeah. Somehow yeah.
1: yeast is like growing out of your skin or something. Oh. Like, oh fuck! Oh, oh yeah. no!
0: Did it turn yeah. out good or was it like uh, no, like it uh, you know prison hooch?
1: No, it was really it was really good. They, uh, hmm. of course, of course, I did it correctly. I don't go I don't go into anything. Ain't half a hobby. hog. I got I got a whole hog. It because I got an average size hog, so the whole thing does the job. So sometimes I'll go and piglet in on something. Just be like yes, a, little a, hog. a
0: little piglet. <laughs> yeah, I'll piglet it. You know, it's like am I interested in it kinda? I'll just piglet <laughs> it. I'm not going whole hog. No,
1: I've it's been like, watching crazy. I've been watching uh videos for for weeks leading up to just getting the idea. Uh a a, a great YouTube channel, Citystead uh brews or Citystead Brewing or I think. Uh Brian and Derica, uh, they're awesome. They they have a lot of really basic videos. So I just followed one of their really basic recipes and very much enjoyed it. So I'm already in the process of making more <laughs> because it's awesome. Well, it's a real you, uh, fun thing.
0: Maybe make you a mead. I've heard that that's one thing you can do at yes. home. That's pretty easy, traditional. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. It is. It's uh, you know you, you got uh, a little bit more of an expense there because honey is a little bit more expensive. But yes, I, I do plan to to make some mead, some ciders, etc. I I'm very excited about it. It's very fun. What happened was. I started playing this game on 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 the Xbox called Medieval Dynasty, and it changed it, it, it changed my whole perspective on shit. Like all you all you do is is you, is you farm, then you and you build stuff, and you can build a you can build a little tavern and you can make wine. And I was like, holy shit! You can just do that. You can do that. That's a thing you can do. <laughs> I want to do Ain't that. Ain't no way life can be that simple.
0: Ain't no way.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm very glad uh teenage Steve did not know about Ooh, <laughs> how man. easy it is. <laughs> Oof! You've been Oof, making some dang fruit
0: roll-up wine.
1: Oh damn! Gushers okay. wine,
0: all kind of things.
1: Gushers wine. Damn, yep, that sounds using
0: that that awful. available seasonal fruit like candy corn. You know, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: seasonal fruits, candy corn wine. Yeah. Oh god, Boy, that makes my stomach turn just thinking about that. That's oh, real fuck. gross.
1: Yeah, I don't want that to happen. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been fermenting. It's fun stuff.
0: Well, myself, I like to leave it to the professionals. Only thing I brew up is sick, fucking riffs. So I'm just gonna <laughs> leave my beer drinking duties here to the fine folks at Southern Tier Brewing oh, okay. Company, who have made me here a Warlock Imperial oh, Pumpkin
1: Stout. They dude. do such a good
0: job on that shit, man.
1: It's so good. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely I haven't beloved. been
0: able to find my beloved cold brew nitro uh pumpkin. I've not found that yet. I might mm. I might have one in the back of the fridge from last year. I got to go digging around a little bit there, but I did find this Warlock over at Merchant's of Beer a couple of yeah. weeks ago and I've been slowly making my way through a four pack of them and goddamn, do they ever do a good job, man. And it's like a little different every year. That's kind of the yeah. fun thing about it, I guess, is that they are a little different every year. And this year, that Warlock is mighty damn fine. I feel like it's a little sweeter, a little less dark, but it still has so much of those those nice clovey uh, baking spice kind of things, a little bit of that mm-hmm. graham cracker kind of taste Ooh, on the finish. Oh, yeah, nice. Man, they do a good job over there at Southern Tier. Good boys, I say. Good boys. They sure do.
1: They sure do. I wish I could get you... A uh, the shilling here in Portland does a chider uh, in oh. the fall, and it is it's a chai tea cider that is just oh, delicious. Shit, that sounds so good! Man. If you're listening right now and you're gonna be at the the meetup, we'll definitely get you some chider because it's awesome.
0: Booyah! Damn, that sounds great, man. That sounds great. Well, I've had time to watch a couple of flicks this week, keeping in that spooky season vibe, man. We uh, we've been making our way through the Child Play series. We watched a third Child Play the other day, a Child yeah. Play three, uh-huh. in which a boy is in a military school and that's has right. a little doll coming after him, trying to get him. I'd never seen it before, and it was okay. It that's, was
1: yeah, fine. That's a fair assessment. It's not. It's not good um you you got good ones coming up and i'm excited for you because bride of chucky is awesome
0: yeah like i want to watch those i've not watched bride i've not watched seed i know that that's when they kind of just get real silly with it and uh, you got Mm -hmm. jennifer tilly and so on Uh on so yeah um i'm definitely looking forward to watching those hopefully we'll be able to get to those within the next week or two yeah yeah, it was was okay man like it it didn't really have as much charm and sense of danger to it considering that in this one you know the boy is like a teenager uh and not like a helpless kid you know that's right. where the suspense in that series come from comes from it's like yeah, yeah. It's, it is a doll that you know an adult could just punt across a parking lot but right. to a little <laughs> kid who might not understand what's going on it's way more of a threat so i don't know i think that's one of those one of those horror villains that needs kids to be scary you know
1: Yeah, yeah, which is why I think you'll like the bride and and son, and uh, yeah, because they're they're much more silly and whatnot, and and embrace what it is, you know. (laughs) Like I think one and two had a good trajectory, and three was just kind of a stall to me, where it's like okay, I like you know either you need to lean more into that kind of almost Cronenberg horror that it had at the end of two. Or, you know, get to the bride of Chucky because three is just like, meh, not really anything happening here. Right.
0: Totally, man. Uh, we watched S Cream. Still great, man. Oh, God damn.
1: Such it. a just Love infinitely
0: watchable movie. You know? Like that's that's one of those ones that is up there mm-hmm. for me with, you know, the first Elm Street, the first Hellraiser, yeah. mm-hmm. like a lot of those, you know, first of the franchise flicks that I've watched a million times and will yeah. watch a million times more. Scream is one of those that Never really gets old. Always a fucking good time, man. I love yep. that flick.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, honestly like maybe top ten because I definitely put it as far as like uh like overall value ahead of any of the other franchises uh like you know Night on Elm Street or or Friday the Thirteenth, but not Halloween, of course, because Halloween I think is is uh, probably the perfect slasher. But oh, like, yeah, totally. I, I could easily throw uh, Scream up above Nightmare on Elm Street, which I think is an amazing horror movie, but I think Scream is just even more well-developed and a much better Wes Craven film.
0: It's great, man. And, you know, in terms of a franchise, now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, all the Scream movies aren't great, but I don't know that any of them reach the watching. lows of, like... Yeah. I love some of love the halloween. halloween series i mean it definitely never reaches the low of the hellraiser franchise
1: uh-huh no i'll <laughs> even say there, there's
0: you know most of the screen movies are better than a lot of the elm street movies now that i yeah. think about it I it's agree. overall a solid franchise
1: it is it's great I, i'm a big fan Fun one, man.
0: We uh started that Goosebump series what's on a Disney Gisnep oh, yeah? Giznap Plus right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> got a Justin Long in there, got a okay. well, It's got a the main actor is a young boy named Zach Morris. What in the hell? <laughs> what? His Are name is kidding? Zach Morris. He ain't even a Bayside Tiger.
1: You, <laughs> that's not legal, is it? It can't be. Right, it can't be Zach Morris. Come on, <laughs> okay. Um, we're like two or
0: three episodes in. We started it last night, and it's pretty fun so far. It's, okay. uh it, this isn't really spoilery, I guess. Like it, it's interesting to watch it because the format of it is not what I was expecting. Like after I saw that okay. it was a series, I figured that it was like you know maybe modern retellings of some of the classic Goosebumps stories. Uh huh. But it's actually one long continuous story where every episode, one of the characters in the cast goes through their own little adventure that in itself is kind of one of the classic Goosebumps stories. At least that's what I'm picking up on. Um, I never read the books or anything, but but Kate is like, oh, yeah, this is like a story from one of the originals, and then the next episode is a different character that we're focusing on, but they're going through one of the original stories, too. But it's all in the same universe and the same characters and stuff. So far, it's pretty good, man. Like, I'm not, like dying to keep going with it. Like, God, I can't sleep tonight. I have to know what happens. Let's fucking party till dawn. But I'm like, yeah, I'll finish it. It's pretty cool so far. Okay. All right. I'm interested. Big, big misstep, though. Okay. Just temper your expectations. You will not hear the classic Goosebumps theme in the first few episodes. Um, Maybe it never comes up. I don't know. Maybe, like, at the very end, they put it in there. Uh But there's none of the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. You know, none of the cool
1: fucking... Classic I'm glad you reminded goosebumps me theme. of it because I I think I was a little too old for Goosebumps, but yeah. I do remember my sister liking it and me yep. seeing a couple episodes and being like, oh, actually that's pretty cool. Um, it's a great great theme, yeah. yeah. But
0: we haven't heard that yet. That's kind of a disappointment.
1: Yeah, uh, but okay. So overall, you're you're pretty much enjoying it.
0: Yeah, yeah, so far cool. so good, man. Um, we watched something that I, I saw a little bit of whenever we were uh babysitting for some friends a couple of weeks ago. Their kids put on uh Disney Plus and they pulled up the scariest story ever, a Mickey Mouse Halloween Spooktacular from twenty seventeen. Right? It's like a little animated Disney Halloween thing. It's maybe, I don't know, thirty or forty minutes. Uh-huh. And I sat down with the girls and watched some of it and I was like finding myself really getting into it okay, because it had so many, I don't know, like, thumbprints of, like, Ren and Stimpy and shit in it. Like, the animation style and some of the humor, it never gets as, like, gross out as Ren and Stimpy does, but some of the the really over-the-top, like, facial expressions and animations and stuff, you'll see what I mean if you watch it. It is vaguely Ren and Stimpy-ish, which I was not expecting from Disney, and it's also... Covered in like classic disney references if you're watching and stuff but okay. we sat down cool. and watched the entire thing the other day and dude it is it is a treasure like it is okay. not it is not at all what you're expecting it to be you know like an animated kids disney thing on streaming it is really 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 good like i enjoyed it and laughed out loud many times during it cool. you need to watch that it was yeah, really i'll check good. it out sounds fun uh, I haven't had time to watch anything other than those, but I know that I get uh, some good feedback from you guys whenever I offer up some musical recommendations. So I'm going to tell you guys about an album that I oh, found the okay. other day in the gymnasio, worshiping at the Iron Church, getting my <laughs> pythons in shape, taking them for a stroll, taking these pythons for a walk at the gym. Uh-huh. I listened to a record by a band that actually was recently in Knoxville with Cannibal Corpse, uh, but I didn't go to the show because that's the night I was watching Ernest Scared Stupid for the show. And I was like, well, I'd rather watch Ernest Scared Stupid than see Cannibal Corpse, because that's how much I love Ernest Scared Stupid. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So I'd never listened to this band before because I was always kind of put off by their name. I thought it sounded kind of juvenile and, and silly in a lot of ways, but the, okay. the band Gorguts, G-O-R-G-U-T-S, it's a Canadian okay. band. They've been around for a while, and I've just never really listened to them. I'm not much of a death metal guy, and then the name just kind of put me off. Right. But uh, a couple of friends of mine recently posted about how much they love their stuff and were big influences on them. And I'm like, well, I should check this out then. So the other day at the gym, I put on their 2013 album, Colored Sands. And it blew me the fuck away. Holy shit. I cannot believe I could have been listening to this record for the past 10 years. Dude, it is unbelievable. It's not just death metal. It really isn't. Like, it has more in common with... Stuff that was on, like, the Relapse Record label in, like, the mid-2000s. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's kind of raw. It's kind of progressive. Still has some, like, caveman raw brutality to it. But it also has this, I don't know, man, like, Lovecraftian backbone. Like, I I imagine Hmm. Elder Gods in The Pit whenever I listen to their stuff.
1: Okay, that sounds cool.
0: It has some shit on there that is terrifying. Like, it is some of the heaviest ugliest shit I have ever heard and draws a lot from I think a lot of modern classical composition which I I, I came to learn later on that Luke LeMay who's kind of the the mastermind behind the band the guitar player and singer Mm -hmm. is very much into composition and and plays viola and studies classical music so a lot of it has this bizarre like 20th 21st century classical atonal approach to the themes and riffs. But it is also just so fucking savagely brutal. I can't believe it, man. There's a part in the track Forgotten Arrows mm-hmm. that I, I think might be the scariest, heaviest thing I may have ever heard. It is just... Okay. ...unfucking believable, man. Uh, so go and check out Colored Sands by Gorguts if you want something that is brutal, scary, raw, progressive. It It's pretty stunning, man. I'm absolutely addicted to that record right now
1: hell yeah i am interested yeah, now <laughs> very much there we go that's, that's cool. been
0: my entertainment list for the week man what about you
1: uh well I've, I've watched a lot of newer movies i've been trying to you know just this october watch all this stuff that's coming out because we got a lot of horror movies that have come out in uh, september october so i watched the meg two the uh, meg my- two shark boogaloo okay Imagine if, you know, you know all the tension of underwater. Yeah. Imagine if, like, you kind of eliminated all that, but you still went through the lengths of, like, showing it all. Like, it's not (laughs) really tense. And, like, there's not, it's not like. I mean, people get crushed in the depths or whatever, but also Jason Statham just wills himself into being able to like withstand the depths. So he would, whatever. though. I mean, look at him. Well, that's true. That is true. <laughs> I, you know what? I do. I do apologize to Jason Statham and the Statham family. I know. See, Jason Statham can do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like if I was watching a movie and he got crushed by the. Uh, thousands of tons of water that right. are pressing pressing down on him in the, uh-huh. in the deep and he died, I would be like, this is not believable whatsoever.
1: Right. Not yeah. believable.
0: There's no truth in this art, I would say.
1: Yeah, it, you're, but this is what the thing, though. This is where people forget that Jason Statham is an actor. He's playing a character. And Jason oh. Statham himself had to have looked at the director and been like, mate, this guy's walking on my side of the street. True. So True. I don't know. Yeah.
0: yeah. Don't know. Good point. No. Good point.
1: <laughs> Noted. Enjoy. So, the Meg... I didn't like the Meg. I didn't like the Meg 2. But the Meg 2 uh, did like had promise. It just kept feeling like, oh, maybe it's going to get good. It, it didn't. No, I, I did not enjoy it. Um, watched VHS 85. Oh, which, how is it? I've been hearing love and hate about it. Um... I don't know that either would uh, sum up my feelings. I enjoyed some <laughs> of the segments. I didn't enjoy some of the segments, but I, I thought overall it was fine. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't have put it above like nine. Was it ninety four that came out? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I like that one. Or VHS ninety four was the
0: best, man.
1: I like VHS two as well. I think it's mm-hmm, better. Me too. But I think it's fine. Um it's definitely worth a watch. I mean the, each each time they put out these VHS anthologies it's always like, well you're getting to see like young filmmakers do their thing, so that's cool.
0: Totally. Yeah, and you can be like, oh, I saw them when they had their little debut with this, you know, short right. in that VHS movie. That's always kind of yeah, fun yeah. to see. Is yeah. it like 80s style? Should I expect like slashers and Freddy Krueger and shit?
1: Well, that's kind of the thing like I think like and maybe it's Maybe I'm just getting into old man territory or something. But Get it's off like, my lawn! <laughs> and I was four in 1985, but it really feels like no like thought was put into, like, oh, this is 1985. It just feels like most of the segments were like, they were already written, and they were like, oh, this is, um, it's 1985, and they were like, okay, Cool. They didn't do anything about it.
0: <laughs> what if it was 85 when this happened?
1: Sick. Then yeah, it could be sick, in the movie real. that we're making. Tight. Yeah. And one of the segments I think is really good. I think it's a really good segment, but it would have fit better in, like, 92. It would. It doesn't fit 1985. I, I won't hmm. say what it is because I don't want to spoil it, but it is a good segment. Uh, so Demi- Is it all,
0: like, uh, fucking huge shoulder mount VHS recorder quality? Because it would have to be for 85.
1: Um, yeah, it, it's supposed to be, but mostly, you know, obviously it's, it's just those filters, but the filters are getting better. Uh, so it's not like the same recurring filter over and over. Uh, so it, it works. Okay. It looks fine. Um, they're definitely, I mean, you know how, you know, uh, uh the WNUF, uh, Halloween special that, uh, uh, Anna and I covered over on the legacy brutality recently, It's actually shot on VHS, and it looks like VHS, and that's, like, not a great thing, you know? (laughs) So, like, I do understand that they're going to always film it on digital and then make it look like VHS. That's fine.
0: Okay. Well, I'll give it a watch, man. It's one of those things that I always enjoy those movies because I can just watch it in installments. I don't have to one-shot the entire thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's on shutter it's well worth uh, the, I think, like hour, 20 something that it is. So check it out. Um, on Paramount Plus, watched a movie called Significant Other with uh, uh, Micah Monroe from uh, It Follows and uh, several other things.
2: Nice. Boy, yeah. Uh,
1: I, I didn't know about this one. This one was one that uh, Anna suggested to me because I was just trying to find something and uh, couldn't really think of anything newer to watch. Uh, and. It's really good. It's very, very good. In fact, uh, uh, I don't want to reveal too much about it uh, because Hmm. I I think you got to see it. I don't want, like, it's. I very much enjoyed it. That's all I'll say about it. Check it it out. Significant Other. It's on Paramount Plus. Hmm. It's, boy, just get into it because, boy, it's good stuff. I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. Also checked out Pet Cemetery Bloodlines.
0: Man, I want to hear about this. I, I've seen a few people saying that it's like, wow, this is a great. Finally, they got something kind of right in this uh, Pet Cemetery film mm-hmm. universe. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen mm-hmm. a bunch of people be like, man, what a useless, disjointed, horrible movie. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel mm-hmm. about it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're both right. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I think it's, honestly, if it wasn't a Pet Cemetery movie and you saw this, you'd be like, oh, it's pretty. It was okay. Um, but because it's a Pet cemetery movie like you're you know connecting dots and stuff and it's like I mean really for me at the end like and I again I don't want to spoil it just check it out it, it's it's competently done and I think well acted and, and, and what not so check it out um, but the thing that really stuck with me at the end was the main character is Judd Crandall he went through yeah. all this and then what 30 years later, some guy was like, oh, my kid's cat died. And he was like, all right, cool. Let's just go. I'll show you a place. It's not (laughs) a big deal. Look, It's not a big deal. I mean, that's always kind of been
0: his thing, though, right? Is like, don't go down that road. Let's go down that road.
1: According to this movie, that was never his thing. Oh, really? Right. He, listen, he never says don't go down that road. In fact, the actor, as far as I understand, is doing a Tony Soprano impression. Uh, I, I, at no point does he sound <laughs> like he is uh, from where are they? Uh, fucking Maine? Yeah, Maine. He doesn't sound like he's a Mainer at all. Does he <coughs>
0: try burying the gaba Ghoul and bringing it back to being a Phantom Hog? Is that what he's doing?
1: <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe that's what it is. He's trying to make a Phantom Hog. We've all thought about it. Phantom We've Hog? We've all thought about it. I get it. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so yeah Pet Cemetery Bloodlines I I think yeah if you if you you know if you're dedicated to the original movie uh, I I don't know what it would do for you really if you kind of liked the remake maybe maybe you'll like it but if you just kind of want to see an okay horror movie there you go There's an okay horror movie.
0: (laughs) If you want to see an okay horror movie that you don't have to pay for because it's already on a streaming service that you have, check it out. Rigging endorsement.
1: That's exactly where I am with it. Can't wait.
0: (laughs) I can wait to see it. Put that on the DVD box.
1: I can wait. I can wait. (laughs) Um, I've also been, uh, you know, we're we're doing Halloween on the Hellwreckers. So I'm working through those and uh, watched Halloween 2 which uh, I gained even more disdain for. Uh, it's and not then, good, man. No, it's not. And then Halloween 3, which I, I, I feel like I'm leveling off on. I feel like some people feel it's underrated and they're overrating it, and some people feel it's overrated and they're underrating it. And it's somewhere in the middle there. You're it's, saying it's rated. Yeah. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> It's rated. I, I guess I'm saying I think... I think the people that hate it are right, and the people that love it are right. Like you're right. Like choose a side already. <laughs> well, I love it. I do love it. I think we're definitely overblowing its quality when we when we say it's like so super underrated. Oh, it's because, not like
0: a ten or anything, right? You know, it and it got, the people it got that shit it. on what was released,
1: but. right? Yeah, it didn't deserve that. And the people that love it have reclaimed it, and we're like what a decade into it being fully reclaimed like you don't have to overblow how good it is but you also like if you're at, still that person who's like holding out like it's bad it's not bad it's it's, it's really good it's fun I like the weirdness it. of yeah. it a lot um, but yeah it, <laughs> it, it's got some issues for sure but it doesn't matter because it's exact type of horror movie that I want it to be so I, I still love it uh, but yeah two yeah <clears throat> <clears throat> Yeah, um, it's not good. And then on uh, Friday, Friday the Thirteenth, we watched uh, a little Friday the Thirteenth movie on the Screaming Chat. Uh, that's right, we have a Screaming Chat on uh, Friday, Ice Cream Sunday on Sunday, where we watch a movie and chat about it on Discord. It's a fun time. Come join us. Um, Hell yeah! Yeah, we we were we were watching uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, which I chose because it is the the sleaziest one. <laughs> yeah (laughs) like if I'm gonna watch Friday the 13th movie let's uh, let's let's see the sleazy one let's see the one that just keeps showing boobs constantly (laughs) like the whole time like I I forget every time with that movie just how much uh it's pushing it and that the director was a, a porn guy and stuff um but it's also it's got so many great like fun moments and stuff you know you got the damn enchiladas and whatnot. And good characters and the the goth girl dancing and whatnot. So it's still enjoyable, though it's not it's not like my favorite. Um, and then on on uh, Sunday night we watched that Spirit Halloween movie, which is not meant for adults. <laughs> and uh, that's that's kind of where I'll leave it. It wasn't meant yeah. for me. I didn't enjoy it.
0: I mean, I would hope it would be kind of shitty because Spirit Halloween is kind of shitty, you know? It's one of those staples that comes around every year where you're like, this is where I want to go to overpay for an ill-fitting costume or accessory. Like, it's not supposed to be good, but was it, like, not even shitty fun?
1: Um, I think, yeah, I think kids would have fun with it. I think its intended audience, like, kids and tweens, would probably enjoy it a lot. Um, but... Yeah, I don't think... They didn't go out of their way to include stuff for adults too much, which is fine, because that means they've defined their audience. They know who they're going after. And I feel like those people would probably enjoy it. So,
0: Well, at the same time, though, it's kind of weird to be like the perfect Halloween horror movie for kids from the makers of Slutty Nurse,
1: Ho-Cop. <laughs> like, I mean, you know... <laughs> Well, I mean we did just okay, we did just talk about this on legacy brutality because we were talking about early animated representations of Halloween and Betty Boop is one of the first. And Betty Boop was also the the first and only cartoon character I believe banned by the Hays code. Like uh, she's, oh. she's 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 uh, dressed in a skimpy outfit in 1933. It's always been associated uh and and uh i don't know i mean i'm just saying may, maybe maybe kids can handle seeing uh you know little red riding hood with a short skirt <laughs> like it's fine crazy uh betty
0: boop trivia kate just tossed me just randomly this week I, betty boop is in the ether apparently uh-huh uh i was not aware that betty boop was the first fully humanoid animated female character yeah that we had.
1: she used to be a dog
0: had no idea. Yeah, I also uh-huh. didn't know about the dog thing. Like, what the yeah. fuck?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Betty Boop's interesting as hell. I like my, my grandmother was a big Betty Boop fan growing up, so I was just associated with it like, oh, that's old lady stuff. Uh, just like I did with Conway Twitty, and then was like, you know, when you listen to Conway Twitty and read the lyrics and stuff, you're like, oh, oh, this is not old lady stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it, that's just horny people countries. That's horny
1: people stuff, yeah. So... Uh, Just like, uh, I don't know, getting to know more about Betty Boop made me kind of realize some more stuff about my grandmother. Like, I think my grandmother's a a little rebellious spirit herself.
0: (laughs) Well, what a bumper crop of watches and listens we have had. And I'll tell you what, we've also got ourselves a big ol' busting at the seams fall autumnal harvest of cues. To a the f out of here in the Preview Palace, yeah! Welcome to the Preview Palace. Whoa, damn, that's right, we got man. The
1: f the a out of them Qs, man.
0: We got to f the a out of them. Today's movie is a Patreon pick, as we do here on the show. Last movie of the month is always a Patreon pick that we draw from the smoking bowl from suggestions from our lovely and loyal Patreon supporters. Where can they give us their money?
1: Right, head on over to patreon.com for it's like oh. dead and lovely. And there you can uh, drop us some dollar papers. If you give us a dollar, at least you get access to the, the Patreon exclusive episodes, which, uh, you know, come out at least once a month. Sometimes we have more than one a month. Uh, and then yeah. if you become a patron on a $5 level, you get to throw the movie in a smoking bowl. Then we draw for the smoking bowl like we did with this. And we drew Grayson Hester's na- uh, uh, title and name. Where, yeah. So, hey, there you go.
0: Way to go, Grayson. Great choice. And yeah, we got some absolutely. great questions from our Patreon community to go along with this episode, as well as our Facebook group. But of course, we are more loyal to the people giving us money. So we're gonna answer their questions <laughs> first, before you freeloaders I, get to have your stuff maybe this, paid attention to.
1: This is the truth. I do feel I do feel a responsibility to those people that give me money. Yes. Freeloaders <laughs> Um so, I, it might as well. Hey, Grayson Hester, since he was the one who submitted it, he also uh, submitted a question, and it it, it it looks real fun. By which demon would you most like to be possessed? For instance, oh, uh, our good friend Payaman or dear old Pazuzu, or another I've yet to name.
0: Ooh. There are a lot of demons what I could let into my body parts, huh? And maybe have a good time Absolutely. or maybe have a bad time. I mean... I'm thinking about a Pazoos being up ends me. I, he, okay, here's the thing about Pazoos. he make uh-huh. you barf a lot. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: you're not a fan. He's, so that's not for you. That's not for me. No.
0: Hmm. What's a demon you're you're putting inside your Steve guts?
1: Oh, this is real easy. I want that night of the demons demon. Night of the demon demon, huh? You want a fucking uh-huh. party, do you? I like a night of the demons demon. Who can party? Stick a lipstick in a nipple. Do a dance, etc. Yeah. Listen to, um, uh, is it Bauhaus
0: they're jamming in there? Uh Uh-huh,
1: they're jamming out some Bauhaus in there, so that's fun. (laughs) Honestly,
0: that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Can't lie. (laughs) I think for myself, you know what, I think if a demon is going to put me on as a skin suit... I want to at least be in my element. I want to be doing stuff that I'm not going to embarrass myself with. I might even impress a demon that maybe Ooh. jumps into my body, starts shredding on the guitar while wearing some tight pants with uh, teased up hair and so forth. Maybe that thing gets in me. is like, oh, wow, I don't even have to work hard. This guy can already shred uh, whenever I get possessed by maybe like a Black Roses demon, oh, whatever that yeah. thing is called.
1: uh-huh. Yeah, the Black Roses Demon, which, of course, makes you real good at playing metal.
0: I like it. I think I could I do, do it. I could probably Great. be fine with that. Like That could probably happen,
1: and most people wouldn't notice. <laughs> That's true. They'd be like, hey, Ben, what, nice horns. Is that is that a new thing? Here's the thing, though.
0: What if that thing takes me over... And it's kind of like a noob. Like, it's kind of like just really husking on the guitar. Like, I'm inside conscious and hearing
1: how, like, out of tune its bends are.
0: And it's like shitty vibrato.
1: They would make you just, like, have to experience that. I'd be hellish. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a
0: hellish possession for me. So, as long as that demon's got some pretty good vibrato and stuff, I should be all right. Or just let me do it. You know, like, I'd be in there and be like, knocking on the door, being like, hey, listen just let let me do this part okay
1: See, you're such a control freak you end up possessing the demon
0: (laughs) that's what happens right i'm like listen you're embarrassing yourself here just
1: yeah just let me do it
0: (laughs) yeah i I got this i got this
1: that's awesome honestly (laughs) okay so we got two people kind of ask a variation of this question we got rob sanzone over on the patreon and, and eric cushway over on the uh Facebook asking, basically, if you could teleport into any horrorverse as a character to fully experience that world, which horrorverse and which character would it be? Oh, fuck. Well, okay. Now, we gotta remember, there are horror movies where not a lot of people die. There's certainly horror movies that are just like horror comedies and everybody's kind of having fun and maybe you know uh, a bad person dies so maybe there's somewhere you could fit in without ending up horribly disfigured or whatever right? maybe yeah okay that that can be not so bad right so like I mean the burbs well yeah, eh, maybe not the burbs cause like you do still have to Knowsy deal with neighbors. all those people being your neighbors <laughs> yeah
2: yeah that yeah. does
1: suck. <laughs> but it, again, you're safe, though. You're kind of safe at the end. Well, for a little while until they turn on you, I guess. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Maybe not the burbs. Yeah. Maybe not that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Maybe just get it over with real quick. Be Kevin Bacon in Friday the 13th. <laughs>
0: yeah. You don't know, get arrowed. So
1: yeah. That guy, it's been a nice ride. Get a little See stumped. you guys later. Get arrowed.
0: arrowed. I think I could fit in pretty good in a dang old um, la- uh, Only Lovers Left Alive universe. I think oh. I could hang out there. If I could just be uh, pale, dark haired, uh-huh. uh-huh. and with a eternity to mash out sick riffs, yeah. uh, I would be stoked as fuck about that. I wow. would be truly, again, in my element. I'd be like, so I have nothing but free time to stay up late and write riffs (laughs) okay I can deal with this
1: I'd love that Uh, it kind of feels like you'd fit in the queen of the damned universe as well
0: (laughs) oh dude man and I'll tell you I might still have a a pair of fucking baggy cargo jeans or something to match that new metal era I definitely got the seven strings around here for it and a mesa dual rectifier so I could probably mash out a new metal riff but yeah I don't know if I'd want to you know
1: (laughs) Okay. Next question. Enough. James Heuning, how exactly is it that you decided to name the podcast after a Tom Waits song?
0: Oh, yeah. So, a lot of people don't know this. Um, I think a lot of people know that the the show is a... It's like a spider's web for uh necrophiliacs because they're looking yeah. for a great mm. necrophiliac podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. then they stay yeah. for the humor and the hunky banter right of course, yeah yeah dead and lovely is of course a reference to the to the tom Waits song of the same mm-hmm. title which my wife picked out uh years yeah. ago like Good we dogs. were waffling back we were, and forth between really a lot of different things yeah. yeah i remember we were thinking about maybe like morning rise which is the mm-hmm. It's the, the the funeral home in Phantasm, but we were mm-hmm. like, well, we don't necessarily love Phantasm, but it's kind of yeah, a good name right. or whatever, and nobody yeah. else was using it, but uh, yeah, Kate suggested Dead and Lovely, and uh, you and I are both Tom Waits fans, and that had been on Kate and I's like, Halloween playlist right. for a really long time, and it just seemed to make sense. It's like, okay, yeah, that works. You know, two people, uh, kind of the noun and yeah. Well, no, it's not really a noun. It's uh it's an adjective yeah. and adjective <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> kind of things seemed to work. as this uh, and that, I should say, for two different people. Seemed to make sense. And uh kind of Googleable. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Easy. Worked choice. out. Uh-huh. So there you go. That's that's the definitive answer. Oh, okay. Right. Are you ready for this one? Hit me. Very serious question here oh, from Miles. Right.
0: Get my serious face on.
1: Whoa. Eat shit and die or eat shit and live? Oh, my
0: God. Oh, ooh, this is a sleepaway (laughs) camp question.
1: Yeah. Yes, it is.
0: The sleepaway quandary. Yeah. This is tough. Which would
1: you rather? Yeah. It's a real bad one.
0: (laughs) Where I'm bouncing between here is if I ate shit and lived, I would always be thinking about that time that I ate the shit. Like, that'd be my last thought, you know, Uh before uh, uh, my eyes dimmed in the evenings as my head is on the pillow. Right. I'd be thinking about that time I (laughs) ate the shit and how not great that was. Yeah. That would be very bad. Alternately, if I knew I was going to eat shit and die, I'd be sitting there going, I cannot believe this is my last meal here on earth. This shit sucks. This fucking sucks.
1: And would you take it slowly because you're going to die when it's done? But nah, then I'd, you rush just I'd rush through it. I'd rush it. Eating this shit.
0: No, no I'd rush through it I guess if I knew that's what was coming after. I don't know. Wow. Maybe you know what? Maybe I could eat shit and live if I mm-hmm. went through several rounds of like a hypnotherapy where they right. suppress <laughs> some memories for me and I could forget about when I did that. Yeah. Maybe that would work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like eating shit and dying is not is not something I want. Yeah, so I'd just eat shit and live, and probably okay. I'd probably forget about it just over time, I think, but it would, it would come back up every once in a while, I feel Oof. like. Just like, oh, right, there was that one time <laughs> when I had to eat shit for some reason.
0: It's going to be real bad, you know, yeah. like the next day <laughs> when you poop out the poop. That's going to be traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to, you know what, you're going to be asking questions like they do in Annihilation where you're like... Is this my poop or is it your poop? Did I poop your poop? What's going on?
1: Oh, man. What if you poop somebody's poop? That would be crazy. Uh, Okay, so Jason Kodera asked, what terrible horror movie would you like to see get the remake reboot treatment? I don't know. Hmm. Like when I think of a terrible horror movie, it's like, well, I don't, I don't know that it matters if it gets a reboot but like kind of just like a movie where it's like i wish it was better would be something like um you know uh fucking what's the sam neill lawrence fishburne and oh, event horizon event horizon yes like Dude, i love the concepts that, and visuals yes of that but totally yeah i i think the movie could definitely be markedly better
0: there's so many of those movies that we get, you know, reboots, remakes of where I'm just like, why, why do we need this? No one needs this. But right. if an Event Horizon remake got announced, I would legit be like, okay, all okay, right, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. In Let's that. see if we can do this uh, right. Because I'm with you. The subject matter and shit is so fucking cool in that. And there's so little great sci-fi horror out there that if somebody wanted to take another swing at it, I would be totally okay with that. So yeah, yeah I'm with absolutely. you on that. Absolutely. Um, I would love to see a death spa remake. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> taking yeah. advantage of like modern exercise stuff, like uh-huh. it's like a, a CrossFit or um, what's that? What's that shit called? Orange Theory, whatever it's called. Oh
1: right, yes. Uh-huh. Just
0: workout cult stuff. Workout I would be cults, okay with yeah. that.
1: That's great. Yes, a that workout be pretty cult, fun. and that's like it's not the spa that's killing you; it's the cult has like enchanted the spa or whatever, and you yeah. got like. Find the cult down in the basement and kill them totally. with like a barbell or something.
0: Yeah, man, I'd <laughs> be down great. with that. I would also be down with like them doing a a Resident Evil movie that was really good. Like one that is just the story <laughs> of the first game or two. Right, just fucking do it right. Those movies yeah. are not good, man. God, they keep uh, making I mean, them.
1: They're fun, some of them. We've watched a few of them on the screaming chat. They're not good. I'm not saying they're good, but they're fun. Some of them have some really fun things going on. But, yeah, you're but right. But the games not are good. legit
0: scary, man. I That's know. That's the thing. is, like, you know, especially 1 and 2 are legit scary, and the movies huh? have never even gotten close to that shit.
1: Yeah, they haven't really tried. They're just trying to, like, tell the story of the game, really yeah. eliminating a lot of the, the scariness. Yeah. Um, okay, so Zach Wiseman has separate questions for us. So I'm gonna give you yours first. Are okay. you ready for this? I don't know. I think I think you might not be because this one's this one's gonna catch you off guard. Which horror villain would you likely lose to in a guitar battle?
0: Who's taking me out? Uh, yeah. I think that's honestly pretty easy. Although it's not necessarily a an oral film. Uh huh. Goddamn, Jack Butler from Crossroads, man. I mean, okay. it's fucking. It's Steve I as the devil's own guitar player. Of course, okay. he's taking me out. There's no way I'm taking on Jack Butler.
1: Okay, now listen, that's a perfect answer. Uh, no and contest. the question for me: Which horror movie character are you most likely to beat in a wrestling match? Uh-oh, I'm going toe
0: to toe in squared yeah. circle.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, like, disallow, like, Annabelle or Chucky or whatever. Because, obviously, like, they're dolls. Like, come on. Easy. Huh. I mean, if Freddy's got the glove, I'm you know, I'm losing that. But hmm. Freddy without the glove is just a wiry little dude. Like, I'm feeling like if it's... We're not doing a hardcore match, right? It's just, like, straight up, regular old match. Me versus Freddy... I could take him. I, could I take mean, him he's easy. got
0: the gags and stuff, but at the same sure. time, I think you go toe to toe with some burnt ass guy and you go, could I beat up a child molester and murderer? <laughs> you might be able to do it. You yeah. might be able to reach down and be like, I could destroy you. Sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Especially with the Maybe. the burn scars all over the body. Probably not helping at all. Punch him in the burns. Punch him in the burns. <laughs>
0: That's what I say.
1: It's w- well deserved, honestly. So Yeah. yeah. all right so over on facebook we got all sorts of great questions from all sorts of interesting folks including our guy canadian boy ryan has there ever been a movie you wanted to talk about but for whatever reason you know it wouldn't make for a good app
0: man that's a good question because there have been so many, especially mm-hmm. um, horror comedies. We've always been very wary of on the show yeah, where you're like, yeah. well, what are we going to do? Just retell the jokes and laugh about it right, ourselves. Yeah. But we've had a lot of uh, horror comedy episodes that we've done that have been really good and have been yep, a very good chat have. about. So I might be wrong about, about all those. I mean, the only things that I am still like, you know, putting off that I don't really want to do are just movies that I do not want to fucking watch, stuff that is just, right. you know, uh inherently grotesque shit like um right. uh fuck, what's the movie I'm trying Serbian to think film. of? yeah, Serbian film, stuff yeah. like that. I'm just like I just don't want to do that sure. personally. Like it's not interesting to me to do that kind of movie. But I've been wrong many times about stuff that I think will make a good chat. Is there anything that stands out for you?
1: I think you like every time I have gone in to a movie thinking, oh, we're not going to have much to talk about with this, or this isn't going to be interesting, I'm always proven wrong. Right. So, I just... Yeah, I know at this point, like i'm kind of excited no matter what it is doesn't matter what it is it's gonna be interesting like you know uh, if it's not interesting it's my fault we're both looking at this film trying to find something interesting if we don't find anything interesting that's on us (laughs) like i i think i think yeah we'll we'll do anything as long as we're up for it and i think yeah you're right like there are movies that are just gross like i don't want to i don't want to have to deal with them um but I, I, you know, I would if if, that, if it comes down to it, I, I, you know, would talk about anything really. I mean, when uh, Anna and I watched uh, Human Centipede and uh, Human Centipede Two, I was like, "Wow!" Like, I, I think these would make really good episodes. <laughs> so, like, nice, yeah, stuff that's gross might not really even be off the table. I think everything's kind of on the table for us. Um, what's your least favorite horror subgenre?
2: Mm,
0: uh, you know what? That's just a good follow-up. Yeah, anything yeah. like torture porn, yeah, just like exactly, deliberately yeah. shocking, exploitive, gross. Like I yeah. don't, I don't find any of that stuff scary. Whenever I yeah. watch a scary movie, I want something to get in my nervous system and give me that fight or flight. Right. Not just gross turn my out. stomach. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's that's not scary to me. That's just gross out stuff. Um, yeah. that I'm not really interested in. Yeah. Um, especially if it's like in regards to like sexual assault and shit, like that's just oh gosh. Again, yeah. that that's not it's rough. That's not scary. That's rough, and that's making entertainment out of real life people's trauma. Right. Like I, I can yeah. watch kids get murdered by a dream demon
1: because that's never right. happened. Before. That's not a thing that happens. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What about the, you? This is uh, from uh, Aaron Don Gilmer asking this, uh, and yeah, hmm. I would say exactly what you said. Torture porn stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm just not, I'm just not into, but uh what's our most favorite i mean for me like uh boy you know uh any any cosmic horror type thing i like love it i like parasite stuff because it grosses me out so much (laughs) Mm. like that's something where it's like it grosses me out but that that like i follow that because i'm grossed out because it scares me i'm not grossed out just because it's gross like parasites are real they happen yeah. and like oh it, gosh it's just so scary that idea of something just leeching off of you and you don't even know it's there or you do know it's there if you know it's there it's real bad uh, right yeah yeah totally yeah so that that type of stuff spore, uh and obviously we we both uh, clearly are huge on 80 slashers and giallo yep. <laughs> like, totally
0: man great. yes yeah. I, I love that shit i love 80 slashers because typically the stories are are so simple that i can just turn yeah. my brain off and be kind of entertained that is and not fun. be yeah you know reading tons into subtext and emotional dialogue right. although i love that shit too i mean i love a 24 yeah, sure. core horror stuff but sometimes i just want to be entertained and see cool special effects and creative kills. Right. So, I'm definitely a sucker for, yeah, 80s slashers. Sci-fi horror is so cool. There's just so little of it, you know? But yeah. when it's done right, fuck, yeah. I love it so there's, much. I man.
1: mean, yeah, there's technically a lot of it. It's just a, it's a lot of it's just not good. It's low quality or not even really trying hard because it's, you know, uh, if you look around Alien, Aliens time, there's so many like attempts to knock off that success or terminator same thing so many attempts to knock off that success uh that it's like yeah there are a ton of sci-fi horror movies they're just not good (laughs) they kind of suck but there are there are a lot of really good ones we of course talked about them here on the show uh if you could do a crossover between any movie universe's which do you think would be the most interesting? So, you know, we've seen this, of course, with like Freddy versus Jason or mm-hmm. Alien versus Predator. And I think I've even talked about this before, just as an interesting idea. But for me, Steven Kostansky directed the best Leprechaun movie. Leprechaun goes to space. Psycho Gorman's from space. I'm it just, just saying. makes sense. Yeah, you throw all that together. I mean, it sounds like a great time to me.
0: Ooh. I would be on board with that. I am not into hunky little boys. <laughs> or am I?
1: <laughs> hunky little boys. Oh, it no. It could work.
0: It could work. <laughs> I like how that sounds. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I got one for you. ready for this? Yeah, okay, let's hear it. I would love to see a crossover. Between the Fast and the Furious, uh-huh. and one of my all-time favorite pieces of shit, the Wraith. Yeah, okay. Give me that crossover, man. Yes. Give me that crossover where you got fucking Dom and the crew meeting uh-huh. Rughead. You lose the race, you lose your car. Now they have to yes. fight a spectral foe in a futuristic 80s car. Come on.
1: <laughs> I love it. I, this sounds great. I, uh, yes right? I want it yeah I want it like there's no reason not to do that do that please
0: I think there's a scene where Jason Statham has to do a a uh, hydraulic fluid drink off with a uh, gutter boy mm-hmm. I think it was his okay name. <laughs> or was it skank I can't remember gutter
1: boy gutter boy <laughs> <laughs>
0: they gotta have a chug off at a bar and then do yeah. a race
1: sounds great sounds I'm on board to race right. too
0: furious <laughs>
1: Uh, favorite horror score that isn't Halloween, Rob Taylor asks. Ooh. Uh,
0: Suspiria. The OG Suspiria. Is yeah, yeah, that's that's certainly like, up there. I listen to it so frequently. And obviously, like, the main theme is so cool. Yeah. But then there's there's also the other track on there. I can't remember what it's called. But it's one that has all the weird, like, exotic-sounding instrumentation yeah. mm-hmm. and the the one stringed instrument that's doing that don't um, <im> and do and that's real hypnotic and strange sounding kind of sounds like an evil version of chattahoochee i love
1: well, that shit yonder be- yeah. and a <laughs> no nope, didn't work didn't <laughs> work
0: okay i love that shit man
1: yeah i agree with you i think suspiria is probably right up there i mean no, not necessarily for for um, its total overall score, but uh, Jaws certainly has very memorable. I mean, iconic, little fucking, bit. yeah, iconic, mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: and you know what? Now that I say this too, the score from uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, great, I yeah. adore. Mm-hmm. Fuck, it's so mm-hmm. good, and one that, dude, it has been bothering me because it's becoming some kind of new, like you know, TikTok, Instagram, real trend. People have been putting the the music from the very end of Hereditary into some of their videos. Okay, like the, the, the the treehouse yeah, scene yeah, yeah. with all the bells and the horns and all uh-huh. that shit. And like every time I stumble across somebody's reel that has that music in it, I want to fucking throw up. It's just, <laughs> ugh, it's burned into my memory, dude. I can't yeah, shake it. It's awful.
1: It. Um. Okay. Uh. Ryan Clark asked this: If you were to write a horror movie or novel. What sort of broad themes and scary elements would you include? That's my fancy way of asking what scares you. Um, Um, Cults and
0: conspiracies for me. Yeah, finding out that and again, amazing transition. Considering I was just talking about hereditary. Part of the reason Uh that movie worked so well on me is because of yeah, my my fear of being at the center of some supernatural event. You know, all all of that. All of that fucks me up. The idea that everyone around me would be a fake and be in on some plot that I'm unaware of and also that supernatural shit is real and I'm Uh, just a a pawn or a sacrificial lamb that's definitely an element that would be in there for me
1: yeah yeah. for me I mean as I said parasites are are high up on the list of like actual frightening things Um, ocean stuff Anything like out in the middle of the ocean? Uh, oh yeah, that, Fuck that, that. Uh, shark movie. What was it? Deep, deep water or open water? That's it. Um, mm-hmm. It's. I mean, it's not amazing, but it, it's very effective on me <laughs> because I, I am very frightened by, by that idea because the ocean is just this. The ocean is a creature itself. It's a beast. It's. It's scary. It's frightening. You don't even it's know what's place. going on mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. It. It really is. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think uh something like sea fever is kind of you know so perfectly up my alley yeah (laughs) i was gonna
0: say that kind of sums up a lot of the shit you don't like
1: yeah it does uh so yeah i i I think those things um also yeah uh home invasion stuff actual serial killer stuff any of that type of stuff is uh, frightening to me because it's real and that would suck don't don't want that to happen not a fan (laughs) i'm I'm gonna come out as not a fan of getting serial killed (laughs) uh uh, kev Bickendrack asked if you could commission a biopic of any horror director who would you cast as dario argento (laughs) obviously you would choose argento (laughs) oh he's not wrong in he? yeah um I don't know let's see he, he gotta be a kind of a weirdo and kind of a little weird looking nicholas cage jake... done oh shit never mind i was gonna say jake but you're right nicholas cage <laughs> call it in done yeah. for the day all right i guarantee he'd love to do that he'd kill Dude,
0: it, you know he would you yeah. know he fucking would man I'll, I'll say too in addition to argento uh i would love to watch a movie about john carpenter i think his entire story yeah, of
1: absolutely he's growing up interesting. in uh-huh. In the
0: South, in a conservative-ass yeah. environment, and the different ages of America he lived through, and yeah. mm-hmm. his encounters with the, with the Hollywood big machine, I think that would be a really compelling, interesting story.
1: Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, just a couple more. What are you going to ask for Halloween this year?
0: Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. Kate and I usually keep our costumes super secret, so if you don't want to hear, fast forward. Uh-oh. Uh, We're going as Daria and Jane this year. I get to be Jane. Oh,
1: shit. That's awesome. It's going to be
0: awesome. It's going to be great.
1: That's so cool. That's great choice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I actually don't have anything planned, unfortunately, uh, because I I don't think we're necessarily going to be able to go to a Halloween party this year. So if I do come up with something, it's going to be just the sitting at home hoping kids. Kids never. Knock on the door anymore for trick or treat, but we're gonna still get candy and still hopefully get to hand out some candy. So, if, well, if, Steve,
0: all you gotta do is go to your local trunk or treat at your nearest church. Why don't you just see that uh, in your church doing one?
1: No, my church, my church isn't doing. i You know, and honestly, great transition to the next question. Oh shit, uh, Aldray over on uh, on Instagram asked. Uh, not really a horror question, but when did y'all know religion wasn't for y'all? Because I'm kind of mm. at a crossroads with it. I live in Texas, and as soon as I question it, people want to burn you at the stake.
0: Yeah. Oh, nah. well. Uh, well, first <laughs> of all, shout out to um, a, yeah. a few for you. That is a... Yep. That is a rough time to go through, especially in an environment that's not really open to those ideas. Uh, I'm sure if you've listened to the show, you know, based on our outrageous accents, we Uh, both grew up in the the Southeast as well, in Tennessee, where, yeah, you're definitely ostracized if you're not a Christian. Like, if you don't go to church, especially during the time and location that we grew up, you are absolutely an outcast. Like, the church is kind of your center for... I mean, obviously, you know, uh, religious and spiritual affairs, but it's also right. a social center for a lot of people, right. especially me being homeschooled like I was. Like, that was one of the only places I got to go to that wasn't my house. So, it is definitely a tough thing to be asking yourself those questions in an environment that is not very open to it. So, uh, shout out to you. Uh, we've both been there.
1: Yeah, and I uh, I didn't grow up religious, but I, yeah, I did, I did suffer for not growing up religious somewhat in the sense that I had to hang out with those darn evil metal kids. Uh, oh, which, no. <laughs> you know, that's not really suffering at all, obviously, and ends up ended up great for me. Um, but, uh, you know, not in the late 80s to, to mid-90s, uh, East Tennessee, uh, for an adult, that you know, that was the obvious road to the, you know, just nowheresville I was how many people made
0: fun of you because you couldn't sing along to jesus freak by dc talk or flood by jars <laughs> of clay how many people I, made fun okay of
1: you? i didn't know either of those songs but i do know who those bands are <laughs> 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 but yeah yeah no so uh it yeah it, it does suck yeah yeah uh in those communities you just you do kind of get ostracized, but luckily the thing about all those communities is that there's a whole sub community of people who are ostracized oh, yeah. with you. And oh, yeah. they're yeah. often You're not alone. some of the absolute best people you'll ever meet. So oh, totally
0: absolutely so. You know, yeah.
1: try try to find some local events and stuff, things that maybe you can do where you can meet other people who just Really don't care about Jesus.
0: <laughs> I would say for myself, who grew up very, very, very indoctrinated in the church, um, and especially going into my teen years, I think I started to take it more seriously. I mean, that's when you're kind of building your identity as a person, yeah. And I think I attached to a lot of the uh, a, a lot of the Christian culture, you know, the evangelical kind of culture growing up around right. that time. Yeah, and I think a big turning point for me is when. Uh, one of the only family members I've ever had that I was very close to, like I've always been pretty distant from a lot of my family, but I had this one, um, she was actually a second cousin, but she was like the only like grandmother I, I had that I was like blood related to. She was a lot older than, uh, than like my mom and stuff. So she was like a surrogate grandmother for me. Very, very, very religious. And, um, over a period when i was i don't know 15 16 over the period of about um a year or so i watched her mm-hmm. very slowly and agonizingly die from breast cancer in her home Ooh. and it was it was cancer that you know she she knew she had symptoms she knew she had problems but her pastor told her she was healed the congregation had prayed for her you're healed Uh, you're fine go home you don't need a doctor you have the lord on your side and then she fucking died uh uh, because well of course she didn't get any treatment or do anything for it um other than um prayer and assurance from her minister i think that that put a significant dent in my faith yeah and then yeah, yeah. That that was definitely a big a big hurdle for me. And then whenever I got my my first job working at the Walmart where I met that uh-huh. wife of mine and so on, and I started realizing that like, oh, like everybody isn't saved. Everybody doesn't go to church. Everybody right isn't a virgin that has never smoked pot and doesn't right. drink and listen to metal. <laughs> and, and guess what? There's still great people. Like, I met so many wonderful, fantastic, great atheist people that lived way more moral and fulfilled lives than the Christians I worked beside. Yeah. Like, the people that I worked beside that were the churchgoers were easily the worst people there. Easily. Yeah. So I think that exposure of just being around a, a circle of people that showed me that, oh, yeah, you don't have to live this way. You don't have to do this. You can still be a moral good person without it. I think that's definitely something that um, pushed me over the edge and made me think outside of, of my own you know circle I had been surrounded with. I can relate a lot to a a podcast series. I talked about it on the show, I think, several years ago whenever it came out. But um, if you guys know Good Mythical Morning on YouTube uh, and you guys know Rhett and Link, and I assure you, even if what I just said makes no sense to you and you're like, I don't know those guys, trust me, you do because like those yeah, guys invented the em. internet. <laughs> like, yeah. Whether you know it or not, you have seen those guys. Rhett and Link have done... So many of the things that you've seen from the internet. Mm -hmm. And they're two dudes that are, they're a bit older than us. I'd say they're probably, I don't know, what'd you say, six, seven years older than us? Yeah,
1: somewhere around there, yeah. Uh,
0: And grew up in, I believe, the the Carolinas, right? Yeah, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Yeah, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. In a very similar time to us, a very similar culture. They have a podcast called Air Biscuits. And a couple of years ago, they did a series that was about their deconstruction. Um, that's kind of the term that a lot of people have coined for whenever you start really deconstructing your faith and getting away from it. Right. But they have like a it's like a three or four-part series on their deconstruction of their faith. And uh, I strongly recommend you listen to that. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is very good. And especially since you grew up in the South and stuff, it's probably very relatable to you, especially if you're yeah. around the same age as us. You'll probably find a lot of things in there that you connect with. Uh, Listen to their stories about it. It's several hours long. It is a really, really good lesson that uh, listen that I would strongly recommend. Yeah,
1: yeah, and they were deep in too. Like they were oh
0: hardcore man. And I
1: was there too when I was Mormon. I, I know you know you can go from just absolutely wanting to believe and doing everything you can to be this good person that that you're being told is is a good person uh and and then start to realize like oh this is not what a good person does this isn't who a good person is uh right i gotta move on (laughs) you know you you just gotta you got for your own personal like mental health yeah it is and it's hard i know it's hard but uh, yeah hopefully Hopefully, our examples and, and yeah, as you said, like Red and Link, like all sorts of great examples of people who've who've gotten out. Uh, I mean Anna, uh, co-host on Hell Rankers. All of us got out, and uh, it's it's possible. It's possible, and it, your life will be better for it.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And it's it was interesting for me to do the things that I had been warned about and had feared and uh stayed away from my entire life that are perfectly normal human ass things to do things that are in your dna to do absolutely like have sex <laughs> yeah um,
1: really really normal thing yeah
0: really normal yeah just genetic incentives that are not a bad thing at all to do uh doing things like that doing things like fucking smoking weed getting drunk yeah, anything just great. experiences that i was so scared of and then taking that that leap of faith funny enough to get to the other side of it and then be like oh i don't feel bad i don't feel different yeah. i didn't change like the first time that i had sex i wasn't like it's a new world i've changed i'll never be the same again like that's all part of that purity culture bullshit i mean even the yeah. fact that we still have the term losing your virginity like it was something you know that Valuable oh man daniel yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, something valuable that you had, right? Like, even just our, our terms that we use for it in our culture are just so fucked up and keep you away from things and make you think that things are inherently bad that are just inherently human, and it's fine. And guess what? I still have morals. Like, I'm not going yeah. to go murder anybody or right. do something horrific. Like,
1: In fact, my morals are up. they elevated like i i i became a convert to mormonism because i thought i it would make me a more moral and ethical person and it certainly led me down avenues but eventually those avenues close off because yeah it doesn't fit with what the scriptures say or what god supposedly wants but no just that's all nonsense anyway just dump it it's stupid
0: no kid no kid and and you know i'll say too another thing that was also critical in my in my own deconstruction was just learning learning more about the history of the church learning more about the history of the translation of the bible and the sure, many ways yeah. it has been used just to uh enslave people empower people on top of the totem pole right. change the laws to whatever right. those who are in charge want it to be um, still happening. translating, mistranslating, still happening. It's just fucking people control, man. Like, yeah. do a little bit of reading about the history of the translations of the Bible, and you'll you'll come to understand that, like, no, the, it is not the original Holy Word that was handed down from the clouds. It, there's fucking nothing left, dude.
1: Yeah, I think this is a great transition. You know, speaking of gigantic uh, change and how unwanted but hard change can make you come out the other side a different and maybe better person uh we're talking about annihilation today
0: hey annihilation look at that area x gonna give it to you uh. that <laughs> yeah. is like my biggest problem with this movie whenever it transitions to area x the yeah, fact don't that, that wasn't DMX. in the soundtrack yeah. <laughs> or the like Portman herself, who we know can rap. You've heard we the do. fucking Portman yeah. rap. Uh huh. She didn't give him some X. Come on. <laughs> that
1: that would have been really funny. Yeah. It probably would have messed up the tone of the movie a little bit, but
0: I don't think so. Been worth I think it would have worked. You know, I think it would have worked, <laughs> worked. Now, this movie came out in a 2017, and I watched it for the first time. This might have been a pandemic movie for me. I might have seen this around 2020 ish. I definitely didn't see it in theaters. But it was one that I was very interested to see because everything that I heard about the subject matter and the fact that it's directed by Alex Garland, who also did the screenplay, I was automatically interested just based on that. I've been an Alex Garland fan since high school. Um, I've read a lot of his books, not all of them. He's he's definitely got a few that I've missed. But man, especially The Beach, which was poorly adapted into a DiCaprio movie. The (laughs) book is, is phenomenal. And he also wrote a book called The Tesseract, which is amazing, and I I don't think I've ever met anyone else who has read it, but it's really cool. I'd okay. love to go back and reread it, actually. Maybe that's one of those ones I go back, and I'm like, actually, it's not very good. Uh, <laughs> but I liked it a lot at the time. It's kind of a, a Pulp Fiction-y narrative where there's like six or seven different stories going on, and they all kind of cross over each other at one point. It's pretty neat.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I didn't know that he had started out as a novelist until I started like looking into it. I uh I guess my introduction would have been Dread, which uh he He did Dread? Huh? Yeah. Well like no, I guess my introduction would be twenty eight days later, which he wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is Uh, obviously
0: incredible.
1: Right. But he he wrote Dread, but he is also Carl Urban said that Alex Garland directed him. And Carl Urban's the star of the movie. So He's essentially an uncredited co-director of that movie, so that movie's amazing. You've seen that, right? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. All right, uh, good. Stop everything. Go watch Dread. All right, we're back. How was it? <laughs> great, fantastic, awesome. Uh, yeah. So I guess twenty-eight days later uh, is the first thing I saw that he wrote, and then uh, uh, first thing I saw that he did any sort of directing on was Dread, and then of course Ex Machina, which is great. So I was. I was excited when this film came out, and uh, I think I saw it as, as soon as I possibly could because it, it hit streaming kind of quick, I remember, which is kind of – it kind of undercut its its box office. Um, but I, I loved this movie when I saw it. Very much enjoyed it. Uh, how did you feel about it?
0: So the first time that I watched it, I think I was in, like, a weird mood, or maybe I was – like a little buzzed and not paying as much attention as I should have. Maybe it just wasn't what I was anticipating, but I remember the first time that I watched it being like, eh, it was okay. I just wasn't really in the mood for that. So I was really excited to watch it again whenever it got drawn out of the smoking bowl as, as Grayson's pick. I was really stoked to give it another shot because I know it's one of those ones that didn't do, great in the box office but developed a really strong following. I know so right. many people that just adore this movie. Uh I was excited to watch it again with a um, um, a fresh frame of mind knowing that I was getting into this slow-burn cerebral right. sci-fi horror kind of vibe. Um I was stoked to watch it again this time for the show.
1: Yeah, and um uh, yeah, I rewatching it Boy, it, it it didn't just reinforce my original like enjoyment of it, but it really started making me think. Like the movie that I would compare it closest to is The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is a movie I am almost positive I gave a ten here on the show because it is a ten. Because it, uh, yeah. it is a ten. Yeah, I can 10. see the
0: similarities, man. I mean, and again, yeah. obviously, if you never listen to the show, we spoil the shit out of these movies, so beware yeah, uh, we're going to spoil beware. the shit out of this uh, but yeah the, the uh, themes of the themes of loss of autonomy the themes of right. body doubles uh right. of like hybrid amalgamation creatures loss from another trust world. in each
1: other and stuff like that yeah like yeah, all that yeah. is there and a lot of that is playing out but like the force is much larger and actually far more inescapable and it's even more nihilistic uh somewhat but also there's like a a, a deeply personal story going on throughout so I'm watching it and connecting with all those things and liking all the same things I like in the thing and I was just thinking the whole time like I don't even know like we're not at the scoring part yet but like I don't know how this isn't a 10 like to me in, like from my viewing the way I enjoy horror films this movie knocks it out of the park like I am just so into it and I, I I'm very happy to to go into all the reasons why because this movie has so much going on.
0: Word. I definitely liked it and appreciated it more uh the second time around than the first. I rewatched some of it again today too. I got up to a little bit past the the bear attack scene before we started recording today. So uh-huh. I got to rewatch some of it with fresh eyes today as well. And it it is a really, really fucking cool movie. There's things about it that I'm not completely over the moon for, but as usual with this show, sometimes just having a good chin wag and a talk about it can turn me around on things. Maybe so. so. Maybe maybe you can help me uh, recontextualize and re-understand some of the things going on in this movie because at its basis, it is a pretty simple storyline. There has been some sort of crazy interstellar, Uh, contact here on earth where there has been a meteor that struck a, a lighthouse in Florida and a team of people goes in to figure out what the hell is going on inside of this weird contaminated field that they call the shimmer. And uh, our main character, Natalie Portman as Lena, her husband who is in the military has come in and out of this thing and has come home really changed like a year later and uh, is having a, a medical crisis and Lena as a biologist thinks she might be able to do something to help save him. So she has a little bit of an obligation and a want to understand what's going on inside of the Shimmer. So her and a team of people going in there and trying to figure out what the fuck is going on.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's basically it. But uh, I, I would say at its basis it's a story about uh, a relationship that was kind of doomed Hmm. uh and uh met communication breakdown uh and then an incident of cheating led to both of them feeling self-destructive uh yeah
0: self-destruction and and personal change is the big through line of the movie
1: yeah and they enter the shimmer with a different intent than anyone else and the shimmer seems to amplify everything. It is, it is a, a prism through which all things uh, are, are just, you know, uh, refracted and then melded back together. And so she and he both go in with this self-destructive streak. But at the end of the day, they don't want to die. He isn't... Like, he has found out she's cheating on him. He's not suicidal, but he doesn't know who he is, and he can't bring himself to care until he gets into this incident where, clearly, his life is at stake, and now he does seemingly want to live, Um, all the way up to to the very end, where we'll talk about what... I'm not really sure exactly what happens there, but... Uh, Same is going on with Natalie Portman's character. Like, uh, Lena is entering this, searching for him. Everybody else that they send in know this is a suicide mission and are going in kind of knowing that because they're they're okay with it in some aspect. Like, her whole team, uh, you know, uh, we have Cass, who has recently lost her her daughter. We have, uh, you know... um, oh tessa thompson's character josie josie yeah josie who um has suffered from depression her whole life uh and is a cutter she's very much just trying to find something some feeling uh you have dr Ventress, who's uh dying of cancer uh you got uh anya uh played by gina rodriguez who is a former addict and is still dealing with obvious like rage issues and stuff like all of these people seemingly like they don't other than uh josie none of them necessarily want to die but they don't seem to care if they live and that seems to be the major difference between our two main characters oscar isaac and and natalie portman is that they they do want to live and want to get out and want to come out the other side of it and so in some in some senses we're talking about a story that's about change. For them that's what it's about. It's about this unwanted change being forced on you by a relationship breaking down or you know a loss of a loved one whatever. Whatever unwanted change is being forced on you this this going through this period of trauma which is this refraction point, this prism where yeah, everything's just kind of laid out. You are looking at yourself in a way that you've never looked at yourself
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: you've come through this and now you've lost and now you don't know who you are. And the hope, of course, most of us, generally, we work our way through it and we come out the other side. Now, whether we come out the other side, a better person or a worse person, really depends on how we work through it. But we come out the other side changed and different. And I feel like that's really like the focus of the film. But then there's so much else going on. That's so totally. so much stuff we're talking about.
0: Yeah. And and you know this this medium is, of sci-fi horror is so perfect to explore themes like that. Like I read an interview yeah. with with Alex Garland where he explained how sci-fi is such a perfect vehicle to explore these kind of existential existential and Uh (laughs) (laughs) philosophical questions. Right. Um, Because like he had found in his other stories and screenplays leading up to this, he'd always had to kind of hide messages and stuff, you know, like kind of bury them underneath subtext and believable, relatable stories and shit. But after he started getting into horror and sci-fi he found, like, oh, I can just say the thing I'm wanting to explore. Like, all you have to do, like, with uh, a movie like Ex Machina, right? Which is Mm -hmm. fucking incredible if you've never seen that movie. Holy shit. So good. Like, if you want to explore an idea about humanity and self and existence and what it means to be alive, all you have to do is write a sci-fi story in which a technology enables you to explore that thing. It's sci-fi. Yeah. You can make it up. You can make up yep, technologies and, and things that don't <laughs> exist that allow you to explore these questions. And that's what's so perfect about movies like this is that it allows you to expound upon ideas and not hide them in subtext, just out and out explore them through the lens of sci-fi.
1: Yeah, and this does a really great job of exploring like grief and depression i mean honestly like this this movie is is just going so hard at like like really that that end bit where she is having this like dance fight with the duplicate yeah. alien thing like that is like the most obvious uh, personification of depression there is like this mm. thing that haunts every step,
0: man. Can't I'll tell you. Escape. The last time I seen to mirror match that was even half that good, it was when <laughs> Doink the Clown was fighting that fucking double of himself in the WWF right. back around nineteen ninety and what four or five. <laughs> yeah. It was that good.
1: That's, I agree with you. It's Doink right the Clown. There. Yeah. It's up there, with
0: Doink the Clown. Annihilation. Put that on the DVD box
1: up there with doing the clown. Yeah, like the way that it is this force that like will not allow her to escape and the more she tries to escape the more suffocating and encompassing it becomes. It mashes it's, her. Yeah, it it is it is this like very clear personification of depression and just the final steps honestly of like getting beyond the, the, the last bits of change that like terrible bit where you just have to accept it's gone like whatever it was a relationship uh, you know a loved one a, a you know a, I hate to say it a pet but any anything like that where you know that it's never going to be the same again and you get past that final bit Uh, I, I think like, and and the fact that like she gets past it by using this extremely bright grenade, like it's this, it's like just this representation of light taking down this, this force of, of darkness. Uh, I think it's, it's kind of perfect. Um, but I, I also think like again, like there's so many other avenues. I don't want to get too caught up in any one, because there's so many avenues that the movie is going down. Yeah. That we definitely gotta talk about.
0: Oh, totally. And of course this is based on the book. And I have Right. I have not read the book. Kate read the book before we saw the movie and I remember whenever we watched the movie the first time, she was not really a fan of it at all because she's like, oh, why'd they change this? Why'd they change that from the book? Um, Which she, if I recall, she liked the book okay. She wasn't like nuts about it, but she found some of the changes that they made to be a bit unnecessary. She liked it more this time around. Um, And it's kind of interesting because that was also sort of Garland's approach to this screenplay is that he had read the book, a while back, but didn't reread it before he wrote the screenplay. What was his reasoning there?
1: Well, okay, so um, he wanted to capture the feel of the book. Like, to him the, the story wasn't so important, and knowing that it was a trilogy, like, he didn't want to make like a trilogy, you wanted to make a, a single story.
0: My god, um, I applaud any director that sees the opportunity to make a trilogy and turns it down. Thank right? you. Fucking thank you.
1: God, listen, this <laughs> the more I watched like a whole behind the scenes like the all the the extra uh DVD stuff oh, and yeah. like the more I heard from him, the more I was like, "Yes. Yes. This person gets it." Um he yeah, he wanted to make a single story and like he he read it uh, before it was even out, like because Paramount had bought the rights to it as a film before it had even been released as a book. Oh, uh, and he had started his adaptation to screenplay even before it was out, so he didn't wow. have any idea what the next two books would include, etc. And he worked with Alex Garland worked with Jeff Vandermeer and like telling him his ideas and stuff, and Jeff Vandermeer liked his ideas. So that's cool it's not like they were opposing forces on this like uh you know you can read the book and enjoy that for what it is and that is a trilogy with a whole much more story and a whole lot more you know going on this is a much more personal simple story told in a very elaborate world yeah um and, and I, big
0: changes, big, big, big changes. They're huge,
1: yeah. They're gigantic changes to yeah. the book. I, I read the the synopsis of the book, and I was like, "That's not the movie at all." No,
0: like the <laughs> the term "the shimmer" doesn't exist in the book. Um, no, none of the characters in our exploring party have names. They're just yeah, called the biologist, right. the geologist, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, the shimmer doesn't die at the end, as it does in this. Like there are. Right. A monumental amount of change. Ventress is more of a secret bad guy character that is hypnotically uh, controlling a lot of the people in the party. Like that's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's not in here. Though I think there is a streak in Ventress uh, that Jennifer Jason Lee is, is is certainly pulling out of manipulation. That yeah, like totally she she knows what she's doing when she's giving the information she's giving to Lena, like she knows she's going to get her out there with them. Uh, She knows what she's doing every time she makes every choice she makes, like drawing them all into the pool, like after they've seen that video, like she, she did that because uh, uh, Anya was saying it wasn't real. Like she was just like really whip, like pulling away that blanket and saying, no, you can't hide. Like, you got to see this. This yeah, is real. At this is what we're yeah. dealing with. Uh, yeah, and, and it felt like almost to me, and I'm not even sure, because I know, like uh, Al, Alex Garland said, like he loved working with Jennifer Jason Lee, and like she, she, she's never met a more original person in his life. I, I It feels almost like in her head, she's thinking that Ventress is maybe trying to merge her cancer with the shimmer to kill it, because like mm. she gets all the way to the center of it and yeah, then like yeah. voluntarily tries to merge with it. Like it seems to me like maybe that was in her mind. Like Jennifer Jason Lee was thinking like Ventress has this plan maybe, and it clearly well, here's doesn't the thing. work. Like, but it, it still.
0: is her plan maybe if i merge with this you know dna altering alien thing it will cure me maybe. or is her idea i'm going out anyway maybe if it eats me it'll kill itself maybe yeah, i'll yeah. give it cancer like i don't yeah, really what know I'm which saying, way her yeah. motivation goes
1: yeah i i don't either because yeah she does seem to be kind of entirely self-interested but also like you know, she has her uh, bit where like they're talking about self destruction, and you know she's a psychologist. And she's she's talking about how like, uh, you know, it's this isn't like a suicide mission. It's you know, uh, these people are self destructive. Like they're they're there's a tendency to break up anything that that is good in their life or whatever. Um, and so like there's that idea that like she's not self like she's not like suicidal she she is maybe self-destructive but she's not suicidal so like i yeah i feel like she doesn't think going in like as you said like she definitely has nothing to lose so that's on her mind but i feel like she thinks going in yeah at at, at best maybe it cures me you know Right so,
0: and at worst, I die, but I kill it and eliminate this right. threat that is that yeah. is spreading. Like I like that, I like that bit of narrative that we get at the start, uh, where Natalie Portman is teaching a class and she's talking about that sort of exponential cell growth. One becomes two, right. becomes four, uh-huh. becomes eight, and then it's not too long after that when she lands in the shimmer that they start talking about how yeah, it's here in this little swamp area right now. But after that, it's cities then after that it's states. Right. then after that its entire country is like this thing yeah. is multiplying at a cellular level that are yeah. going to spread indefinitely
1: yeah and it, it's yeah it's so interesting to see that effect in that like little village that got overtaken very quickly and you see all the people who are like flower bushes people i call them like, treeple it, a Yeah, you got some treeple out there. If yeah, you were I, a
0: tree, what kind of tree would you be, Steve? Who?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think I'd like to be something like a apple tree or something. An apple, some huh? Yeah. All right. All right. What I'd like you? to be
0: a, a, a rich slab of mahogany. I'd like to get them <laughs> turned into a, a Les Paul or something nice one day. Get some riffs turned right. out of me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I think, though, that, like... um. The, what this has going on for it that really like does it for me and uh alex garland said that one of his main inspirations was frank miller's run on swamp thing Ooh, and, interesting yeah, that's uh, i love swamp thing specifically frank miller's run on it and one of the things That this does really well. That I really like my mind enjoys so much is that merging of plant and animal, and beyond that, even this is merging like all sorts of different uh, DNA helixes and things just coming together to create these very strange and odd plant creatures, animals with like plant characteristics, all these different things going on. I I just love it because it, it, it's it's so weird and gross to me. Like when they open that crocodile's mouth or alligator's mouth.
0: Oh yeah, when yeah, they yeah. open that
1: gator's mouth, it's the, so disgusting. Like it makes me want to die. It's like full-on yeah. trypophobia, But well, it's and, and even all
0: the the weird like plant people hybrid stuff. Like later on when Josie she starts growing that like plant life out oh, of her her yeah. her scars on her arm, yeah. like her self-inflated scars on her arm start. Blossoming these plants out before she Which becomes so a, me. <laughs> a, a tree person. Yeah, like it, it's so weird because I think that, you know, us as humans have several different layers of consciousness where we think about, uh, you know, bacterial and microbial life versus yeah. plant life versus animal life versus human life, like all the various states of uh, sentient, sentientity. Sentient. <laughs> sentientity? Uh, yeah you know like that that merging like you said of plant life and human life and alien life like where does that fucking fit in all this is very fucking scary
1: yeah and uh yeah and it's also visually awesome um hell yes so much of this of course is done with uh visual effects you know um a, a good bit of cgi and stuff though i think a large bit of that painting and whatnot is great all the um all the shots though are practical there's very little green screen in all of this really
0: movie. so like yeah. how did they do like the, the the bear creature and stuff how is that being done
1: so the bear creature is operated in several different ways they got of course a puppet head they've got uh an animatronic head with a a, a man in the suit and really? then, yeah and then they just merge all these different things with the the vfx with the cgi so like uh the the alligator they really had like this big long albino alligator stand-in thing yeah so whoa i i I think that like because there there are moments of course where i'm like boy it's just a lot of there's a lot of cgi in this but it's also like but that makes sense because it feels wrong
0: Right, so I, I was at odds here, and this is one thing I was looking forward to talking about. Is there were several parts in the movie where I was like, "Man, these visuals are fucking incredible, insane!" Like the 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 weird uh, mold man growing uh-huh. on the wall, like uh-huh. with the half exposed that skull was all practical. it's just
1: painted with with CGI. That's so like, there's sick,
0: dude. Barely
1: wow. any CGI to it. It's so good.
0: That looks amazing. And then there's other parts, um, even even some of the bare stuff, where I was like, ah, oh, man, like I wish this would have been fully practical. Uh, I can definitely tell this isn't real. But then, kind of similar to what we talked about when we were doing The Cell on the show a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about how some of the effects in that, in the dream world, don't mm-hmm. look real, and you can kind right. of give it a free pass, and you're like, well, yeah, it's not. It's in it's a not, fucking yeah. dream world. <laughs> like, in the case of this, this is in this hallucinogenic fractal alien world that has happened because of this uh thing that has struck this lighthouse like how am i supposed to know what it looks like probably if i saw that in real life i'd say that looks fake because my mind can't comprehend it so i'm kind of at odds with the use of some of the cg in this where i can watch it and say objectively yes that isn't real but also that's the intent it's something i've never seen before so yeah and
1: it's really cool too because alex garland talked about it how he he had his practical team and his vfx team work together he would have the practical effects guys ask the vfx guys like you know how much do we need to do like we'd love to do as much as possible in practical but we still want it to have that feel at the end that is almost a Lisa Frank folder feel to it, dude. Like, Trapper
0: <laughs> Keeper core all the way, absolutely, man. Absolutely, and
1: I love it. Me um, too. But it like the the fact like like Alice Garland, he's talking about that having them work together, and like in the interview, you can tell that he's just irritated that people don't do that more, that they don't have. Practical and CGI work together to create what's going to be best for the final product, rather than just you know on set being trying to do the least amount possible and then not giving them enough, and then of course it looks bad.
0: Yeah, because of course it does, right?
1: Yeah, and I hmm. think honestly, like some of the CGI may have looked better if the budget was a little bit higher. Uh, we're talking about uh, around like a forty-five to fifty million dollar budget and uh it's it's so much like they're doing so much with effects and stuff and you've got i mean a pretty small cast but i don't think any of these people are uh small enough that they're not getting paid okay (laughs) to be here. i mean (laughs) oscar isaac was filming this and the force awakens at the same time like crazy all these people are pretty big names so I feel like, yeah, maybe maybe some of the CGI would have been improved with a little bit more of the budget. But I also feel like a lot of it feeling otherworldly and a little bit off and wrong is intentional, and yeah. that is a choice that I can see people not liking. It is, it's yeah, swinging, totally. It's swinging at something that definitely could piss some people off.
0: I wonder what all some of the inspirations that they had for you know visualizing the shimmer were. There are moments in here. Um, like, for example, when they see the the weird little, I don't know, it's like a hairy deer antler creature uh-huh. uh, in the glade there that has its own little twin. Like, that feels very, like, Squaresoft JRPG to me. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, some of that reminds me of that. A lot of the look of the of the shimmer itself and even some of the really trippy stuff we get towards the end of the movie reminds me so much of an artist that... Uh, some people in the metal scene might know because he designed uh-huh. covers for the band Cynic, and I believe some other projects that Paul Masvidal was involved in. Uh, a lot of people know him as Venosa, Robert Venosa. Okay, I yeah. think a lot of people might watch this and go like, man, this looks like a cynic album cover. Check out Venosa's art sometime if you haven't, and you'll see exactly what I mean. I texted you that the other night. Did you look up any of his stuff? Yeah,
1: dude. And yeah, it looks like this, absolutely. right? Absolutely, Yes. Yeah. 100% kind of like
0: fractal, like uh-huh. weird colors melting into each other, weird pattern based stuff that seems mathematical at its core man especially yeah. whenever we have natalie portman there in the lighthouse in that little underground thing in that hole and she encounters what is i think the alien in its true form it's just kind of that single-eyed pulsating right. blob thing yeah i'm not even sure what that is that was so venosa looking all the like green and purple swirly weird oil slick looking shit just reminded me so much of his stuff
1: yeah, and uh, that the the art you're talking about, and the art in this, like it it really, it's exactly the type of thing I enjoy. <laughs> like, yeah, I totally. really like that playing with with fractals element. Uh, also, the the kind of central the core where the the meteor hit is very um, uh, Giger esque kind of reminds me a lot of the egg room in alien
0: totally dude absolutely so yes totally agree man and then we're kind of sediment uh, amidst this backdrop of the florida everglades so we got all this swampy overgrown organic life it seems like a perfect place to have this alien you know dna distorting creature taking over where there's already such an abundance of wildlife
1: yeah, and that is also like a, I mean, just a real world issue that has happened in Florida a lot because of people buying like tropical fish and stuff and then releasing yeah. them into the ocean. You have things like the lionfish infestation, get lionfish, yep. yeah, yeah,
0: that's a big old problem, man, huge, yep.
1: huge yep. problem is, down there. Yeah, it's kind of the perfect place for this thing to land and thrive. Yeah, and it it i love what it is as you said like it's whatever it is is indefinable it is a it's it it, even when it's like taking that shape that is that cloud with a light in the center it's it's constantly shifting and changing and the textures to it are evolving all over the entire time we see it like it, it it seems like it doesn't have a Shape It it itself is nothing but this sucking hole, which, again, is a perfect uh, connection to depression. Uh, That is just this sucking hole pulling in the light and and giving nothing back.
0: And it's so so inhuman and unrelatable and alien to us, literally. Like, we can't really comprehend it. Even the way that it distorts time is something that instantly hooked me with this as soon as they go into the shimmer the next thing you know three or
1: four days yeah (laughs) yeah
0: dude and they only know because they've eaten so much of their rations and shit and it's like how long have we been here none of us really remembers or knows right I, i love that aspect of it man although i gotta say man like all you really need to do to make that happen irl is go on a camping trip with a couple of handles of jägermeister and that'll definitely <laughs> fucking happen right yeah like that's all that was, needed to happen is like they wake up and they're like does anybody remember how we set up camp no where did all the food go i don't know and then they just find a few empty bottles of jäger and goldschlager and they're like <laughs> oh, okay. oh i i know i know <laughs> I what, see happened. what happened here yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got it got it got it
1: yeah that would have been a fun explanation <laughs> I think uh also yeah the time distortion again is a, another association with like depression and grief and stuff how like Oh yeah, those black that, holes
0: in your memory, yeah.
1: Right, you get these black holes in your memory but when you experience in them they feel like the longest time but then when you think back on them they're they're a blip cuz you can't remember anything about them like
0: Dude, that's yeah. something that that time dilation that happens with depression is something that I was completely unaware of as a person who's wrestled for most of my life uh with uh-huh. with depression uh that i was not aware of that this was a thing like yeah you can just have fucking holes in your memory like yep. kate and her friends would be asking me like hey you remember when we did this and this and i'd be like nope <laughs> just nope, none i do not remember period <laughs> that, and that's, that's what the depression does. Time. Yeah. yeah yeah dude it's fucked up
1: yeah it is and and yeah i mean i think i think that's kind of like for me like so much of this was like um just like yeah this is this is all so relatable if you've if you've lost if you've grieved if you've changed if you're human this is relatable um i it's interesting because like i i saw like the the bad reviews of it uh call it pretentious uh, which is usually uh, something that when i hear it i i just assume that the person saying it doesn't get it and i would say that's the case in in this in this situation i mean a lot of times things are pretentious of course oh, or yeah. they're just oh yeah yeah trying Fuck to be you, flower that movie sucks Yeah, but when you're talking about a movie that... uh, um, I think it's got 88% on Rotten Tomatoes or something, where a ton of people are like, no, I get this, and I love this, and I love what's going on here, and you're the one person saying this is pretentious. It's it's just kind of like whiny, right? (laughs) Mm. I don't get it, and you shouldn't like it. Um, I I don't (laughs) think it's pretentious. In fact, I think it's extremely grounded in that very uh, relatable... Feeling of, of grief and depression. I mean, even for those of us uh, who don't suffer from depression as a, as a regular occurrence in our lives, you, you go through it. Things happen uh, where you experience just that terrible, terrible darkness. Um, I, I just think it's all so super relatable, even though it is, of course, a very high elevated concept of like all this going on i also just feel like i mean from a guy who wrote his first novel about doing drugs on a beach like anybody who's done hallucinogens and watches this movie would be like yeah yeah uh-huh yeah yeah my fingerprints were moving yeah i get it yeah exactly like so much of this is just like very much an acid trip in a lot of ways and in the same way for people who don't know what an acid trip is is actually like that same sort of emotional like going through it like whether or not it's a bad or a good thing you can be going through great and wonderful and happy emotions or you can be going through like grief or whatever the, the, that feeling of coming out at the other side better and changed and different is 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 very uh relevant to uh, a, an acid trip or a mushroom trip or whatever, and so I think a lot of that is definitely in here like it's not it's not so high and elevated that it's above like also drugs are cool
0: mm-hmm yeah one thing about that that time dilation that occurs uh that you know, if if you're paying attention, it should make you question everything that you're seeing. It makes the entire narrative kind of unreliable. It makes the right. entire thing where you're yeah. like, okay, so how much time passed here to there versus well, when she went in versus when she left? And then yeah. especially the end of the movie, which uh-huh. I, I want to talk about in a minute. Like, the end of it makes it incredibly ambiguous where you're like, okay, so if if this was the clone telling us the story all along... How much of it did it get right? How did it source this information? Like, I like this idea that as soon as they enter the Shimmer, you know, this thing has already started absorbing all their DNA, all their genetic memory, everything right away. Because even uh, in the narrative, like, as soon as they walk into the Shimmer... The next scene is a flashback to when Natalie Portman is cheating on uh, her husband with, with yeah. Dan while uh-huh. he's MIA, and then she wakes up and several days have passed. It kind of makes me think like that was her sort of waking up in the middle of the shimmer, kind of going through her consciousness, going through her memories, and mm. assimilating all of that stuff. Yeah. Even the narrative kind of shows us.
1: Yeah, it does. I also think that, that is a, that's a good match at it to like because as I said that like you know like this is you know uh, the prism point is is where the the relationship has fallen apart it's there it's it's there it's at that moment that she's cheating that's that was their prism point that's where they lost any idea of who they were she doesn't know who she is he doesn't know who he is they they only come out the other side still with this. Like he doesn't know who he is, and we're not sure if she does either. Like, I, but they're they seem changed. Mm-hmm. Whether that's for yeah. the better, that's what I want to get. Like, I definitely want to yeah. get at, like, yes, what is going but on at the end.
0: That's also where you run into ideas of um, uh, ego death and death of self and right. personal yes. change. Where I, I mean, if I went back. I I don't know. If fucking 18-year-old me looked at, you know, 39-year-old clone of me right now, uh-huh. I might have a a super freak out and be like, "This is me, but it's not me anymore." Does that right. make 18-year-old me not real anymore because I have changed as a result of the things I've gone through? I'm looking yeah. at something that looks like me. But it's changed and different. Even like when we see right. those, uh, again, those JRPG deer that we saw in the swamp earlier uh-huh. where they're identical, but one's kind of fucked up and beat up looking. Even the the alligator that we see has like weird, like bloody, raw patches in between its scales and so on. Right. It, it is like looking at a clone of yourself, but it's not you as you are right now. So that might seem scary and that might not seem, that might seem like this isn't me, but then is the me that I am right now, really me because it's impermanent, you know, 39 year old me might be unrecognizable to 49 year old me. Who knows? But does that make me right now any less real than I will be in 10 years? Yeah, those ideas of, you know, (laughs) using, uh, using imposters, using clones, using identical features, Of yourself on some being you don't recognize Uh, i think that's so interesting and that's such a great metaphor for grief and trauma and self-destruction that these people are going through it might be unrecognizable to you but it is still you
1: yeah and cass says that when she's talking about her daughter dying she says uh in in a way there were two bereavements exactly Uh, my, my beautiful girl and the person I once was, yes, like that. That that you know, we we all can look back on ourselves and remember a time when we were just a completely different person. And you know, whether or not you like the person you are now, uh, <laughs> that person's gone. Like that person is dead. Uh, the the hope is that you can come to like the person you are now, or come to be a person you like, because the person in the past is, is gone. The, the the impermanence of self, the impermanence of 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 any individual being like this knowable uh, being is is just so is so interesting. And this movie is playing with that. So oh, yeah so fun i just like i I, that draws me in i am just into that
0: and again this is where sci-fi is just a perfect place to explore this stuff you know because we all have our our pillars of identity the things that we think of when we think about ourselves like i am this i like these things i do these things but then i mean if you ask me at age eight years old my pillars of identity would resemble nothing of what I have now. I mean, dinosaurs. I still, I still like dinosaurs in the ultimate yeah. <laughs> warrior and swamp thing quite a well, lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's so much of me that has, that has changed. It might be scary to think about those pillars of my identity, no longer existing. I mean, the idea that, yeah. you know, the stuff that I'm into right now might be unrecognizable to me. Fast forward 30 years, uh, that can be really terrifying, but the, the the nature of being a human being is change right like our personalities yeah our identities and sense of self are constantly changing
1: yeah and that's that's the true like horror of 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 being right is that you you're experiencing yourself like you're you have to be grounded by the world to be reminded constantly to not just ca- get caught up in your own subjective experience. Like mm-hmm. Because if we, if we start thinking about ourselves, and I, as a person with anxiety disorder, do this all the time. I know tons of people, depression, et cetera, all sorts of things. You get caught up in thinking too much about yourself. You get sucked into this ego hole, and... All that you're doing is creating... I mean, again, this movie kind of showing this. You're creating this duplicate of yourself to examine. And it's not you. Because it's something you created to look at. Like, you are not that thing. You're making this subject to observe, but that's not you. It's your perception of yourself. Well, here's Uh, the thing
0: that makes it horrifying, too, though. The more that I think about it, the more we talk about it. You know, the, the... self identification and personal changes we're talking about are all based on our own experiences and our own stuff we go through in life, but the idea that an alien life form could forcibly make those changes on you oh. is terrifying like the fact yes. that like what if I yeah. came into contact with an alien life and I came home and i I recognized my wife, but I didn't really have any associations with her anymore. And right. I, like, no longer cared about, you know, sick rifts and Thai food.
2: Oh, like, man. Like, the, the
0: idea that an alien or some kind of extraterrestrial force could make my pillars of identity crumble, that's fucking scary. That's that loss yeah. of identity that uh, guys like Cronenberg explore all the time yeah. in their movies. Like, this is kind of a weird body horror movie in those ways where it goes beyond your body changing by some sort of external means, it is your identity and your sense of self changing and being taken over by an external force. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying.
1: <laughs> yes it is. It's absolutely like like because like uh, we have nothing more than that, right? Like that's, that's all that's you have, yeah. The thing behind the eyes, you know, whatever it is that's sitting there being us. That that you, you lose control of that. You got nothing you got nothing, and it, it. yes, it's so frightening. I mean we we've talked about it. Of course, this is the, what people are frightened about, with like the exorcists and stuff, and demons just don't work on me. But this does. This does. I you know I can see it as like a, a full on metaphor, which I think it, it largely is. Like the the impact uh, the 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 prism itself is the, is the the event uh, what caused them to break up or whatever. or or to to lose their communication and and her to go cheat uh that that's like the this this big uh impact event but all of the things that they talk about throughout uh, are rooted in science of course it's science fiction of course it is but that make science is the great unknown and space is the most unknown so like you tell me a thing could come from space that changes not only uh the dna around it but the the brain waves of things around it and incorporates like all the different elements of all these things together over time like i know it sounds improbable but i can imagine it and that it scares me and it works it works
0: Oh, yeah, totally, man. But I'll tell you, man, we, we're exploring all these possibilities of what this is really trying to say about our experience. I think I know what the real message of this movie is, though.
1: Okay, what's that?
0: All right, think about this. When this came out and stuff, right? And think about the cast. We got people okay. what's, in, what's in a Thor. We got <laughs> uh-huh. people what's in a Star Wars.
1: That's right, yeah. It
0: takes place... Where does it take place, Steve? In Florida. Okay. The Shimmer is nothing more than an analogy for dang old Disney and how it's just taking over and assimilating every damn thing. That's all
1: that it is. Whoa. It's just about Disney. That's what it is. It's trying to warn you us. It's a writing on the wall. Mind. Hey, listen okay. to this.
0: That fucking bear creature what you've in this movie... Okay. That's just a that's just a damn uh, Disney Imagineer in, in a B- Baloo costume from a Jungle Book. He got merged with a Florida bath salt meth man. That's all that is. His DNA Florida got bath all salt, crossed up. Lot like.
1: got merged. Okay, okay, that got
0: Balooed. <laughs> that's all it is. Disney that's just fun, assimilating man. every damn thing
1: yeah blew my damn mind just now i didn't even think about
0: that <laughs> i know but now you think about it it just now makes I more have. and more sense don't it, it does
1: it makes all the sense of the world really dang
0: old padme <laughs> with uh, uh uh poe dameron hanging out uh-huh. valkyrie in florida yeah.
1: Psh, mm-hmm. sounds like fucking giznap universe to me giznap yeah they're at it i i think this cast is is uh outrageous like I uh, I mean, you know, we we talked about Natalie Portman extensively uh, uh, in our Black Swan episode, which we did with Grayson Hester, in fact. He loves Natalie
0: Portman movies.
1: He must love a Natalie Portman movie, yeah. Um, uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh is amazing. I, the only other movie I think we've done with her in it so far is The Hitcher, which I think I gave a 10. If I didn't, it's close. Wait, which uh, one? The Hitcher. Uh, Oh, fuck, yeah. God damn,
0: that is so good. Yeah, Yeah. she's incredible in that. Um, She's so good. You know, actually, I think her performance in this was my least favorite. She seems so fucking stoned or something in this, man. Like, very sedated. Like, she's on the lewds or
1: something. Yeah, I I liked what she was doing, but I think you're right. She's very subdued. I, I think she's doing... She's very intentionally being subdued she it's is definitely trying a choice man because like a, a lot i feel like yeah, she doesn't want to yeah. tell everybody what's going on
0: yeah and, and that might be part of her character i mean her character is the yeah. one that has the cancer diagnosis that nobody knows about that knows the connection between uh kane and lena and is withholding a lot i mean it seems like her character is very much about withholding and it's definitely yeah. a choice because yes i mean hell if you've seen uh fucking hateful eight i mean any of these yeah. she's been she in she's capable yes. yeah she's capable uh-huh. of being very up and very over yeah. the top so it was definitely a choice to keep her character pretty subdued i'll say overall a lot of the characters in this movie are pretty muted um, but, well, but again, that's possibly because they're all going through some shit and encountering right. death of self in a lot of ways. And by not having big, over-the-top personalities, like let's say if everybody in our party here was like members of Aliens, for example, where you had right. these larger-than-life sort of archetypes of characters, it might not let you focus on what was going on in the story as yeah. much.
1: Yeah, and and I think, you know, when we look at uh, the movie that I think uh, I I compare it most to in my head, The Thing, The Thing has a whole lot of characters, and not a lot of them have a ton going on. Yeah, true. Uh, And so you don't have to fully flesh out the characters uh, in the case that I feel like the reason why Cassie, uh, played by Tuva Novotny, is less fleshed out is because she is in grief and unfortunately for her uh the she is trying to she's trying to move beyond the grief beyond like before it's time cuz she's still clearly damaged she's clearly hurt but she feels like she says aloud you know that she has buried this old person but she hasn't she hasn't. She's still in the midst of this, and it's like that—that that, like uh, that tumult in her is what leads to her death. It—it it seems like in this world that the people who are the most resistant to the world are the ones that die.
0: Yeah, I've seen uh, people trying to make kind of almost Elm Streety connections between the people and the loss they've gone through versus right. how they die um, as a result of the shimmer, yeah. and. I've not put too much thought into that myself.
1: Well, she, so Cassie and Josie both give us probably the least. Josie of course is very introverted and young and not, she's not giving much, but she we get a lot from her just from, you know, the the little bit that we see with, you know, the all the scars from the cutting and stuff. And, and the little bit that she has, but we're supposed to get that she's quiet. We're supposed to get that she's not sort of as outrageous as, say, Anya, who Gina Rodriguez is killing it. She is she is the aggressive. She's the, like, soldier. She's the one who mm. wants to get shit done while everybody Very else is mu- yeah. much more scientific. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's just a, a variation of different personalities, but far fewer, like... Uh, dick-swinging issues like you have in yeah. the thing. Um, and so maybe that, you know, it's a, it's a lot more subdued. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I agree I agree with that, man. And those there's kind of more flat character portrayals in this kind of, yeah. I think, pointed me in the direction of something. Let me run this by you, alright? Okay. This is a hypothetical. Alright. If you... <laughs> have a bunch of subdued ass characters in your movie who are exploring some existential sci-fi properties in a narrative that's all tommy whammy and out of order Uh and if you have a soundtrack that frequently goes
2: wah
0: (laughs) you might be in a nolan movie it's kind of y to me
1: oh yeah i did i did not consider that in any way but i can see what you're saying yes
0: you know like Mm -hmm. think about a movie like uh like inception for example it's also full of pretty flat characters in this weird existential sci-fi kind of world with the big moi soundtrack kind of similar
1: yeah Uh, okay yes yes in in those connections in their level of quality i would i would quibble uh as inception is is two hours of uh exposition
2: Mm -hmm, it's a movie
1: that tells you what's happening the entire time it's happening. sure it (laughs) does and still people were, were perplexed by it i don't know but what inception has that is good is the heart of the story and that's the leonardo dicaprio bit with the wife and the kids and stuff uh, that stuff I think yeah when when I when I think you know of like the flashback bits of Inception that kind of reveal all that story and the flashback bits of this that reveal the whole uh, like relationship breakdown to cheating you're right yeah I, I could see that and <laughs> uh, I okay Nolan is a boi this is a <laughs> it is little a little bit, bit of that in it? A little bit different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> soundtrack in this is dope. Like, it's got the yeah, really weird, ambient, kind of monophonic thing, like you're talking yeah. about with the weird alien sense shit. And then there's also a lot of, like, single acoustic guitar with no overdub stuff that kind of reminded me of, like, the Last of Us soundtrack in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and... You know some similarity there of course uh last of us of course you know whole different uh sporer thing going on but very similar like the way it's all integrated into everything around and whatnot yeah yeah that's cool we haven't talked about this and it really didn't even like enter my headspace until i was watching the the commentaries on it <laughs> i didn't think about it just being this is all women like this this movie is like Women propelled. It is it is we're watching a group of women, they're heroes, they're doing this job. Mm-hmm. Uh it it stands out in that way. Uh, you know, where we you know, we've talked about with the thing the way that it that was all men and like a lot of them would have been Vietnam War vets and stuff. So like all this is really playing on a lot of their fears and whatnot and this this is the same thing like annihilation like you have the like the bear using cass's screams to draw them out and to like be able to uh, like figure out where they are cuz it seems like the bear can't see like it's, it's got only, no eyeballs yeah it can only kind of feel fear or something so it uses that like like i think it's very interesting because like it you know having having this gr- this uh group of all women and having them deal with all of these things and there's like one comment about it i think when they're putting together the group or when they're talking oh about yeah the yeah it's like oh all females uh, that's it, it yeah it's it's not really like yeah that's not the the focus of the film it, it just is what's happening in the film and like uh jeff vandermeer said that he didn't particularly write the characters to be male or female from the beginning and then like he eventually landed on in his head like okay they're women uh, and that's you know kind of how they went well, with the film dude
0: like how like alien this is right like that's right. the character of Ripley like Ripley was exactly. not written to be a female character that's just how it turned just, out and hey, hey guess out, what yeah. if you just write characters about stories and don't focus on what their downstairs mix up situation is <laughs> they yeah. become very believable and relatable right. to a lot of people. And
1: you can just hire the best actors for the role and let them play the role from there. Figure it I know, out right? From that point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I've got something about the eyes I want to point out in just a second Ooh. that's interesting. But one thing I want to point out, too, that's also just a bit of realism. Hey, listen to this. This, this group of women, what's on this expedition? They find that videotape of the boys' expedition and how that went. And they're all scared and confused by it, right? They're all uh-huh. freaking out whenever Oscar Isaac's cutting that dude open. Right,
1: yeah. huh? That's
0: because they don't even know. You go on a trip with the boys. What, you never cut open one of your buddies before? <laughs> Check out what's going on insides. <laughs> That's just normal stuff. That's just nor- That wasn't even the scary part.
1: Boys trip. <laughs> Who's boys got the trip? knife? Yeah. yeah,
0: dude. Somebody's getting cut open. Who among us <laughs> hadn't done that? <laughs> Check out them guts, son.
1: What's that gallbladder look like?
0: Yeah, let me see them inside worms, bud.
1: Let you get bored enough. That's what's going to happen. Inside worms. <laughs>
0: I'm bored. All right. I'm bored. <laughs> so the interesting thing you said a second ago about the uh, about the lack of any clear eyes on that bear thing. Oh right. This yeah. seems to be a trait with the shimmer, and it's never really out and out um, uh-huh. specified or anything, but. It seems to do the eyes last. It's kind of like opposite of jack o uh, rules where you start there. This thing seems to do the eyes last, and we have uh, a couple occurrences yeah. of this. So, yeah, the bear doesn't really have eyes. Um, whenever we encounter Jennifer Jason Lee in the cave under the lighthouse at the end of the movie
1: eyes are gone initially for a brief yeah, bit. yeah
0: yes she doesn't have eyes like she's yeah. already i think at that point i think that's already a clone of Jennifer Jason Lee i don't think that's even her at all yeah but by the time she like turns back to talk to Lena she has eyes and then not long after that after the Lena clone forms the last thing that it forms feature wise is the eyes it's almost like that's the thing that the shimmer has the hardest time maybe creating well, yeah, or understanding yeah. is the way that we perceive things
1: yeah i think because yeah its perceptions are not limited by those things that it doesn't yeah it doesn't see the point yeah when, it, yeah. when it's transitioning into the duplicate uh lena yeah the eyes are they really, they really important. are just kind of like drawn on. Like it's not like there's an eye in there. It's like the way it, it comes to form is just like the the outline of an eye comes to form, and then the eyeball is there. Like it because, doesn't really yeah, get it's, it. Yeah, it doesn't get it. It it's just it's it's replicating the form. And uh, uh, Josie says that like it, you know with the 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 treple, that you'd find human hox genes in there. Like, that's kind of what it's going off of is like forms. It, it's not like. I don't think that any of its like transformation, malformation things matter to it. Cause when we see its form, it's like formless. So, yeah. like, yeah, I think, yeah, the sensory organs are probably just so. Alien to it, <laughs> it's like why I don't get this.
0: Oh yeah, well, especially if it's like a higher dimensional being that can understand right. and you know live and swim around in four dimensional existence, maybe the need for an eye isn't even there. I mean, the need for an eye for us is very important in our our three dimensional existence that we perceive. But if you're talking about an extraterrestrial, extra dimensional being. Maybe that's not even important at all. That's just not right. part of their experience. So it sees that as being a very secondary, like, I don't know, what's this weird vestigial organ that these humans have that I don't even need? I'll draw that last.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's exactly what it is.
0: Now, at the end of the movie, whenever we have that, that mirror battle, that the final boss mirror match face-off, when Lena gets to the lighthouse, encounters uh. the, the being in the shimmer, and then it creates that clone. Um, This is where the ending of the movie gets very ambiguous, and you start wondering, when did we have the handoff? Because as as far as what we see in the movie, the clone forms, Portman, Lena, uh, attacks it, and then the clone hits her back immediately and knocks her out. Like, the screen goes, I can't remember if it's black or white, but... She's knocked out for a second, and when she comes to, she's bleeding, and the kind of silvery, purpley clone form is there with her. Now, at this Mm -hmm. point, that could have been where the entire handoff happened. That could have been like the the Portman that we, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the Mm -hmm. the organism has taken over the real Lena, and she's kind of transitioning, which is why she's all purpley and silvery and stuff that might have been when the swap happened period. Um, mm-hmm.
1: But you know what happens it's there possible. is they ha- they
0: have like a bit of a scuffle that concludes when what we perceive as the real Lena hands, the clone that grenade. Right. And it, it blows itself up. And then the real Lena goes out to rejoin the world, which is where the narrative of the movie begins. And, I think that us as a viewer perceive that and we're like, Oh, okay. The real Lena got away and convinced the clone to blow itself up because, and again, I, I can see this either way. I can see this as if it is the real Lena that escaped and she knew and understood this alien force, this shimmer is absorbing my thoughts, my experiences, my feelings, my DNA through her experiences she had with the team and in her own life, she comes to understand that self-destruction is inherent in human nature. This mm-hmm. thing has absorbed that part of me, the part of me that wants to destroy myself and to right. want the suffering to end, to want to burn it all down. Right. And so when she hands it their grenade, she's like, I'm going to use the part of me that this is absorbed that says, I want to be annihilated, and it'll do it. It doesn't have okay. the emotional understanding that I do to know there are reasons to still go on and live. Right. It, will, it won't It will understand that, but it will absorb my self-destructive nature yeah, and kill I think, itself.
1: Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think also, though, what's interesting to me is when you consider... Now, the, the synopses I've read of this say Cain at the end is a doppelganger, because right. he says he, he doesn't think he's Kane, But we have no reason to believe that. The, they're dressed the exact same in the video. And t- something I noticed. And just tell me if maybe I'm I'm reading into this wrong. And listen, Oscar Isaac was seriously... We're, they're, they're on Pinewood Studios. He's going back and forth using the same trailer... To shoot Force Awakens and Annihilation. And Alex Garland says he can do that. He can just show up on set, immediately be in character, immediately out of character. He can do that. But, in the video, the Kane we hear speaking is speaking with a southern accent that at no point Dude. have we heard Kane use.
0: Okay, I was fucking wondering about that, because there it's was one Kane point tricked- in the movie
1: Came, he sounds It's the motherfucking duplicate he tricked it, and that's what Natalie Portman was seeing was that she could trick it because he was speaking to it with a southern accent, it was speaking back with a southern accent,
0: no shit that's fucking that's what cool. I think, okay, that's because like think. when I watched that. I was immediately like, did they film this really out of sequence where maybe when they started, they started here and he's like, oh, I'm from Florida. I should sound Southern. And then he kind of forgot about it. But when you put it in that context, you're talking yeah. about where like he's sitting in front of it with the yeah. phosphorus grenade and like, hey, you know, happens when one of these goes off. You're talking about well, that scene, that's right? That's what
1: I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying is he's the one behind the camera.
0: Oh, shit.
1: Yeah. He's convinced he's done the same thing. That's why I think like Natalie Portman saw that, and she, that's what you're saying. That plan was like, oh, I can trick it. I can make it do because it's me. It's taking on parts of me. I can trick it. Um, that's cool. So I I don't know. Like I I love that about the ending though. Is that like one way you can easily just like as I said, it's kind of metaphorical the whole thing. And at the end, it's just they're two different people now. So yeah, she he's not Kane and she's not Lena. They're they're different people. But in another way, uh, they they may be the duplicates. But in another way, they may have just been entirely changed by the shimmer. It has that's what
0: I'm saying, right? Made yeah. them
1: different people. They are. They have absorbed something from the shimmer,
0: mm-hmm. and and just their experiences uh, and the, the the trauma and grief and shit that they've gone through has changed them. It's kind of that. That question yeah. of, you know, again, like, where did where did I change? Did I cease being myself after I went through this thing? Was I right. you all along? Was I me all along, like Kane says? Right. Um, just because you see their eye, well, it's Natalie Portman's eyes at the very end kind of changing. That doesn't well, have yeah, to be Yeah, both of them. Literal. Both of them. Their irises, both like, of them, glow right. a
1: little, yeah. Uh, and that's, yeah, that doesn't have to mean that they are duplicates. That can just mean, because it, it did change them. They experienced it. It changed their DNA they have absorbed parts of all that. Like they've, they've become a part of that. And then that goes away. And the only thing left is that little bit of shimmer inside of them. Like, right. It's, I mean, again, like uh, when talking about a breakup, it, it, it can be a very clear analogy where you're like, well, yeah, like that's an experience that they went through. It's changed who they are as people. And, and, they'll always like have that connection and that's that'll never change even though they are not together
0: i'm telling you and it just now kind of struck me now that we're thinking about this movie and talking about it but if you want some like homework like uh accompanying watching to go along with this talking about sense of self doppelgangers breakups Uh trauma fucking watch possession (laughs)
1: Holy fucking okay. shit! Yeah, Watch I really possession need to get too. on possession. Okay, yeah, all right. Um,
0: similar themes explored in a drastically different way, but I can now that <laughs> awesome. we talk about it and those themes, I can kind of see, uh, some connection between those two things. I-, I think too, though, like if you go back and watch the movie and you see how Oscar Isaac is, how Kane is, whenever he shows back uh-huh. up, and he's very monotone and very like monosyllabic in a lot of ways with his answers uh-huh. and then you watch Natalie Portman at the very first of the movie after she's come back from the shimmer and they're like what did you eat I don't know how long were you yeah. gone I don't know right. They b- actually both act very similar they both kind of they act do. like they're new here in this world
1: they do that's true but it it it's also possible again because the shimmer changed them everything is new everything yeah. is different and it's just that that's just how it is now they've they've become this these different shimmer filled people and it doesn't necessarily have to be evil but it also does have that twinge of is this bad like it's a good ending in that way too just like the you know the thing ending where it's exactly
0: like, are, they or aren't the they? Thing?
1: are they the thing is either the thing are they both the thing <laughs> like yeah yeah
0: <laughs> or will they always just distrust each other, and nobody really knows? And if the answer yeah. is yes, one or both of them is infected by this alien, it is a doomsday apocalypse scenario for the world right. as we know it, yeah, um, or at least as we perceive it. Because again, it's it's not ending; it's just changing. You know, that's that's the thing about yes. all of this shit is like, uh huh. So little of it ends; it just changes. I mean, Josie changes into a triple. Um right? Who is it that? Gets eaten by the bear thing and partially Cass. becomes the the bear thing, dude. That that yeah, her
1: terror becomes a, like a part Whoa. of the bear. So the, the
0: skull the on the side of the face. Of her, did you see that? Yes.
1: The part Fuck. of her that experienced that terror lives on. That is seriously one of the most horrifying creatures ever put in horror. This <laughs> it like, is fucked, ugh.
0: dude. There is something about not only the design of that thing, where it is kind of in that uncanny valley where you recognize this is a bear, but right. then it's the <laughs> face is like halfway skinned and almost almost has like deer skeletal structure right. more than yes. how a bear's skeletal structure actually looks. Mm-hmm. And then it gets even more fucked up when... And again, I recommend watching this on the best definition that you can because there's so many oh, little yeah. details in the designs of these creatures where... Dude, the thing's, like, left side of its face. Like, its left eye is part of a human skull that's halfway growing out of its fucking face. (laughs) And it is... I mean, it's, like, Giger nightmare fuel.
1: It's so good. And then the fucking
0: voice, dude.
1: The voice is so... And, and like, the fact that it's, like, this combination of her screams and a bear growl. I hate it so much. But it also has, like...
0: You know, as somebody who's uh, spent a lot of time, like, manipulating audio and shit, it has this almost digitized computer-y quality to it that happens when you take a sound wave and you stretch it and warp it. Like, think about Mm -hmm. the way that the people sound in The Matrix when they're getting sucked into The Matrix, how their voices become like that weird stretch, digitized, sampled sound there's an element of that whenever the bear thing is like, help me, and it sounds yeah. chopped and stretched and slightly pitch shifted. Like Whoever did the sound design on that,
1: holy shit, I want to give them a high five, because yeah, it would be
0: so easy for that to be bad, dude. It would be so easy yes. for that to be shit.
1: It's very easy for that to turn to just like, no, that wouldn't make that noise. But no, you look at it and you're like, "Yeah, that's the noise that would make." And, yeah, oh, that my nightmare God. fucking <laughs> yeah. creature,
0: and, and then yeah. even the idea that you're being—you know—you're you're strapped to this chair and gagged, and you're being confronted by this nightmare creature that is using not only the voice of your dead friend and comrade, but in their final moment, screaming, "Help me!" Which is the last yeah. thing that that person ever said to that beast that is currently biting you
1: fuck <laughs> it's just rough i also think it's interesting that like so um uh there is this obvious comparison between kane and the bear kane has this like bear tattoo on you know his, what? his upper it's left funny. shoulder
2: You
0: say it's obvious. I had not put that together until you said it. And I was even (laughs) watching, I was watching the movie earlier and I was like, what's that guy's bear tattoo about? Anyway, man, that (laughs) bear in the movie is fucked up. I actually didn't put it together.
1: Yeah. So yeah, he has this bear tattoo. So think about this just right quick. They're in Florida. Where'd a bear come from?
0: Again, Blue from the damn Disney Kingdom. I'm telling <laughs> you. Yeah, had
1: to be from the Disney Kingdom. Yeah. So, there's this association between uh, um Kane and the bear and then like also the house that they're in when the bear comes in is the house that uh Kane and Lena live in it lived in in the real world. Like it's an yes. exact duplicate. But that house yes. wouldn't exist there. No. So, like and, and that's something too. These are projections. Too.
0: Like as a quick PS, uh, just to stick on top of that, that's also something that lets you know that that Lena has already immediately been significantly changed by the Shimmer. Is like she doesn't walk into there and go, "This my house,"
1: right? <laughs> like she doesn't she even brings think it about up. It. Yeah, she never brings it up. And then also like, okay, so I I I think this is right. I tried to pay attention once I kind of got this you know, got the idea like, okay, that's Cain. The bear's like a representation of Cain or at least a projection from Cain. Every time the bear attacks, it seems, I believe, that it bites the upper left shoulder where the tattoo is. Mm-hmm. And interesting. Also, also the soldier that we see who has the Ouroboros tattoo that ends up appearing on Lena, throughout the the film uh he also has the beginnings of the bear tattoo showing up on his sol- shoulder when you see that malformation in the pool
0: wait you're talking about the the mold man on the wall yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. he's
1: mm-hmm. got the bear tattoo starting well it, yeah it's starting to appear on his on his shoulder there so well
0: and you know ultimately if you get down to it a tattoo is is nothing more than a, a self-inflicted injury yeah it's self-destruction
1: you know? yeah I mean, yeah you're it, stabbing yourself yeah and that's that's just a this the, a really good representation because when we first see her you see the tattoo but if you don't pay attention like just really pay attention you might not notice she doesn't have the tattoo later there's a bruise she's talking to cass and she yes. says oh i must have got it from the the gator the gator but it's not it's it's the tattoo slowly showing up on her skin because for some reason the the tattoos are 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 relevant like they're not part of dna so the alien like it is is reading it as this separate thing that attaches to a human Mm, like almost like a parasite or something Hmm. But it sees it, it,
0: it sees it as important, like it sees. Yeah, it's it, important. Mm-hmm. It's seeing this uh, uh, this injury, this self inflicted trauma, as being important to this alien species it's encountering. Right. So this is worth replication, I suppose.
1: Right? Yeah, and it keeps doing it. Yeah, it keeps just trying hmm. to to put tattoos on things, and, and it, it's I don't know. I, I I think that there's maybe something deeper there but i think as you said like yeah tattoo is kind of a representation of a of uh, of uh, of self-destructive tendency the to sit down in a chair and say hey could you scar my skin and stain it please because i want it there yeah yeah yeah, because i want it there
0: i gotta say though it's kind of disappointing that especially considering this is taking place in florida and we've had all these different soldiers and stuff going in and out of that thing um, which in the book apparently it's mentioned that there have been like hundreds of yeah, missions uh, to this thing. Right. They've just been and this is just like three
1: I believe in this one but yeah, yeah. in the books it's a ton a ton of people. Yeah,
0: But I'm pretty disappointed that there, there wasn't like tattoos of maybe like Calvin pissing on the Chevrolet bow tie showing up <laughs> on everybody or maybe like one of the <laughs> One of the tree people, you know, is like Calvin pissing on the bow tie. That'd be really yes, cool. That'd
1: be awesome. And maybe I, I even agree. after the
0: the bear like fucking rips what's-her-name's jaw off, which is fucking brutal. Oh, maybe yeah. then it stands there and like pisses and turns to the camera and smirks and goes, help me. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like imitating the tattoos it's seen. That would have been really dramatic and interesting yeah. to me.
1: Yeah, it would have been.
0: (laughs) If you ain't first, you're last. Ford, first on race day. Something like that, you know?
1: There is definitely a different version of this movie where they took the setting (laughs) of Florida more seriously.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Dude, there's totally an Eller cut where, you know, you've got way more shimmer-infected uh mickeys and Minnie's and aladdin's right. <laughs> running around uh florida bath salts guy uh-huh, man you got sure. all kind of, you got a desantis down in there just fucking oh, shit absolutely. up being horrible uh-huh. i think that i think the shimmer would have just spit him out and been like this is too horrific to be that human. may have
1: happened yeah <laughs> either that or it starts happened.
0: giving everybody subtle lifts in secret heel boots that they're wearing all the time
1: like come on just accept your height like what's i don't understand I, I we're don't in the age of the sense.
0: short king man just absolutely it. just it. it's fine
1: uh well i i guess that's not his primary issue yeah, that's not <laughs> his primary. Issue. Not no. His primary. <laughs> no.
0: No, that's the <laughs> least of the words of that fucking right. piece of shit. But yeah, I think there's a different there's a different version of this movie that I'm cooking up right now. That'll be fun to explore one day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That like uh that be like this like splatter movie of like <laughs> yeah, like a full-on uh yeah, bath salts guy and and yeah, just like your your fully armed redneck. Can you imagine like it it merging a, a, a redneck with a flag and guns. Oh my and God. And an eagle. Dude.
0: <laughs> a gun <laughs> and flag and a Punisher eagle sticker.
1: Just,
0: yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude.
1: Oh, speaking
0: of the Punisher sticker. Yeah. Because, of course, as I do every day, <laughs> I ended up buying a truck today that had a big ass Punisher sticker on it because yeah. no moron in the south of the truck has ever thought, you know, it'd be cool, a Punisher sticker on my truck. <laughs> <laughs> So original, dude. You're so cool. Next time you see one of those and you look at the Punisher logo, I want you to think about what it would look like with skin over it because oh. the teeth are real long yeah. and it's just the top jaw. There's no bottom yeah. jaw on it at all, but the teeth, the upper mandible are really long. That'd be a silly looking
1: motherfucker. It would. It would. And that's why the Punisher killed him. You know, looking silly. might be. <laughs>
0: looking too silly think about it just think about it next time you see one of those
1: i will i will i'm doing it right now (laughs) uh
0: it's a it's a fucking rad movie man like i i I like sci-fi horror for those reasons that we've talked about it allows you to not necessarily just explore stuff metaphorically it allows you to go straight into the shit and say well, what if there was an alien life form that could do this? What if there was a technology right. that could do this? Now let's explore the issue. I mean, that's what Black Mirror and shit thrives on, right? Like, yeah, Let's absolutely. just create a technology to explore an issue rather than skirting around the issue. Right. Uh, let's confront it head on. But then the way that this movie also adds in the ambiguity to a lot of the things going on here, I think makes it really fun to think and talk about later on.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um boy, yeah, I I I got nothing else to say. I'm ready to slap a rating on this one.
0: Number that thing.
1: I did already 10. <laughs> Damn. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I I I know I'm a um um I'm heavy on the 10s. I'm always tossing out dimes. So I generous. Keep a roll of dimes. Just hey, you got a movie? Here you go. It's How a march that?
0: of dimes in this motherfucker. That's
1: right. But um this this is just a joy for me to watch i didn't have uh even a second of uh like worry going into this about my score uh it's a 10 to me this is is perfect it's exactly the type of thing i want i understand that uh, without the the specific touches of alex garland uh and and all of these great effects artists and all the great like acting and stuff without those things this is not a 10 the premise is cool to me uh and, and definitely gives it a whole lot of great points but the it's it's the way it develops it's the visual it's it's the way it's it's acted everything is hitting on all cylinders for me and it's the exact type of thing I want so it's easy for me to say 10 i absolutely Be-ya. understand this is not a 10 for everybody though so ben what's your score on this Got it.
0: It's not it's not a ten for me. There are some things that um for, for my experience hold it back a little bit. Um like I said, Jennifer Jason Lee, I think her character is just so flat and seemingly sedated the entire time that if I found out she was on lewds the whole time I would believe it. <laughs> it was definitely a choice, but I just question that choice. Um in in that regard. Some of the characters you know and again I can understand it where I don't have a ton to latch onto and like root for them and hope they make it out but at the same time that's not really what the story is trying to tell me. Right. Um but I do find a lot of the a lot of the performances to be pretty sedate and even some of the dialogue can get kind of melodramatic to me at times. Mm. Um not all of it but some of it especially like some of the more like interpersonal scenes like with Oscar Isaac and um uh, Natalie Portman, you know, just mm. in their memories together. Some of that dialogue is pretty stilted to me. But again, might be the memory of an alien that's telling this fucking story for all I know. So right. maybe it's just not really getting it right. I don't <laughs> know. Hard to say, right? That might be intentional too. Sure. Uh, but I still do find it a, a, a enjoyable, cool, unique movie that explores a lot of topics that I like to think about and ponder on myself. So I think I'm going to hit this with like... Uh, I'm going to say like a seven and a half for me. Seven and a half. That's fair. Great choice, Grayson. You uh, gave us some Black Swan. Check out the Black Swan episode that we did with Grayson on the show. If you want to hear from that good old boy, he's a good old boy right there. So Uh check that one out and hear us talk about some other Natalie Portman action. And uh, don't forget to contribute to our Patreon page. And the next movie choice could be yours.
1: Yeah. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Become a Patreon on any level. You get access to the uh, Patreon exclusive episodes. Become a Patreon on a $5 level. You get to submit a movie to the Smoking Bowl. And then uh, we draw from the and Bowl. And then we cover the movie we drew just like we just did. It's a wonderful experience. Also, guess what's happening? Guess what? I mean, we already talked about it. But you're just a a, a week and a, a day or two away from the uh, Portland, Oregon meetup, so hey, uh, come on out if if you're out in the Portland area and you're still on the fence, like oh gosh, should I, should I go to this? We got stickers, stickers, All right? y'all. So if you show Fuckin up, you get a sticker. Stickers, damn mm-hmm. man.
0: Uh, I, as I've said, will not be there. I will be there. In spirit, slamming right. co-beers and sneakily sniffing on airplane glue out of my pocket.
1: <laughs> that is what you do. That's a normal thing you get up to. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but I'm there in spirit doing that always, yeah. so that's nothing new.
1: No, it's 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 definitely going to be a blast. we got some really cool stuff planned, so everybody head on out. But also, hey, guess what? I don't know if you heard about this. we going to do another show next week.
0: We sure are. And we Mm -hmm. are kicking off the month of November, or as we like to call it in the DNL universe, no vampire. It's no vampire month. And we're going to try to do it up more biglier because last year, we just did a single vampire movie. Not enough. This year, we're saying it's not enough. I need more teeth. I'm a sucker for vampires, (laughs) as I like to say. What are we going to give them? This month, this no vampire. That's
1: right, man. We're gonna we're gonna do almost a true no vampire. Really depends on what happens uh, in the Patreon pick, but we're gonna cover at least four vampire movies. Damn, uh, and we're gonna let you guys choose two of them over on our Facebook group. We're gonna have a poll up. Probably already up by the time this episode comes out. Smoking uh, pole. That's right, a smoking pole where you uh, will be able to vote on. I probably have about eight options up there, and the top two vote getters will be the third and first, third and first, th- 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 third
0: and first, th- 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 third we th- th- <laughs> We're doing Medea goes vampires. What we're doing? That
1: would be, I would love that. Honestly, if we could do a Medea movie, wait, isn't there a Medea like there? scary movie? I don't know. <laughs> That sounds like a great plan, but what we are going to do is a little movie called Blade Two.
0: I'm stoked, man! It has been so long since I watched this. This is one that we've put in the No Vampire Smoking poll several times, and yeah. it's never got chosen.
1: Yeah, you falsely not chosen it for some reason. <laughs> Why? Just I don't know. Like we got the best audience in the world to keep making the wrong choice in the No Vampire vo- Voting, so we have chosen to do Blade Two. Uh, on our own, and guess what? I'm excited. This is Guillermo del Toro, it's Wesley Snipes, it's awesome. It's Hell it's a great yeah. movie. I'm excited.
0: It'll be a good one. I look forward to watching that again and giving it a good proper chin wag on the next installment of Dragon Largely, where I will be Uncle Ben, or was I Uncle Ben all along, or are you now him?
1: And I won't be Hollywood Steve, or will I, or are you?
0: You might become beast yeast uh, fucking <laughs> yeast of the beast by next time.
1: I hope I hope that doesn't happen. Could happen. It really does sound like a horror movie that's right up my alley though, that there's some form of yeast that is like embedding into our skin and f- and fermenting us from the Could inside.
0: Happen. Could happen, man. You better watch yeah. out for that stuff. Don't get it around your don't get it near your holes when you're messing with that yeast. <laughs> Don't let it in. You know
1: what? I won't. I won't get it near my holes. Don't
0: let it get in your holes. That's a good thing to to, to leave this episode with. So I'll Don't I'll break it down it with that. Your holes. Don't let it get in your holes. Bye. Bye.
1: Ben, why, why? Is there not a twink porn star out there named Nancy Reagan? Shit. I mean, listen. You got it, it works on several levels. One, Nancy, right? Because mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they they used to call gay men nancys.
0: Yes, yes. Uh,
1: Nancy Reagan and her husband famously completely ignored the AIDS crisis. So mm-hmm. yes, they that. did that. Mm-hmm. Um and also she was the throat goat or at least that's what's advertised. This is my this is my pitch. Is that's that there's the word. some twink out there who's got to like come along, claim the title of throat goat, name themselves Nancy Reagan. I think you're onto something, and I think whenever they do it, they owe you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, big listen. time. You know me, I like to skim money off of sex worker salaries. That's what I like to do.
0: Well, and I think what needs to happen <laughs> is at the end of, of every scene, like, contractually, it needs to be,
1: go 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 go.
0: Thanks, Steve. Peace okay, yeah. out camera. No, that's actually cool. I yeah.
1: actually do want that. that. I do want that in the contract. I don't have to take any money. Necessarily, unless you're giving it away, Nancy Reagan. But I do want, like, right after you've just swallowed a, a big old cock, just like, thanks, Steve. Yeah, you need You need, the, you need a shout possible. out. Possible.
0: Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. This gonk gonks for
1: you. This gonk gonks for time. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just fair. I mean, you I came love up with it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I I get to become famous, well known. Great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how did you hear about the
2: podcast?
1: Um... <laughs> um <laughs>